up? Yo, what's up? <laughs> black print throw blacks. J5 in the building. Here with Josh P. Josh P's. We here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, Project P. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I actually work on a Project Pat t-shirt. <laughs> Project P, MC in the building all the way in Florida. What's going on, MC? Another classic throwbacks on the way. Thank y'all for joining. Thank y'all for listening. People love throwbacks, man. And I think they're going to love this 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 month's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of really good support, really good, like, comments really good reviews for last throwbacks that was jeezy the recession jeezy yep. even loved it yeah jeezy even reposted it that was that was surprising juicy okay. j uh paul uh dj paul yeah what's up yeah, up. yeah what, what, hey project pat you got a, you got a lot of competition jeezy put us on the story we were there for 24 hours hey, you know what i'm saying we need to post next yeah absolutely absolutely and and i mean this is this is an important one for me because this is one of my favorite groups ever and like in high school, I listened to Three Six Mafia all the time, uh, and I it was really tough kind of c- trying to come up with which album to do, but I didn't I couldn't think of any perfect album to do than this one. I yeah, feel, I feel like this was like a lot of people's jumping off point, which is funny because they had been around for ten years at that yeah, point. Yeah, I like to consider this album like uh, Three Six Mafia's LinkedIn page. <laughs> like it was just kind of like their resume of hits through the years i mean at least it was just like you know the, the album starts off with like yeah. this is what we've done yeah and it's like hits 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 <laughs> and then throughout the album they're like promoting records coming out and yeah. it's like you know roll with it kind of has a who run it sample in there mm-hmm. so i just feel like this was the album when they're like hey like we do this shit if you need some beats come holler at us yeah yeah it, it, it and we'll get into that too uh during the episode the entrepreneurial spirit of Three Six Mafia and Hypnotized Minds. But I, I think I, I want to get right into it because we got a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. This is probably the most tenured, the longest running th- thing that we've ever c- covered on this show. Like just period. They, they've been around since the 80s like, or, or really had kind of started doing what they were doing in the 80s yep. with Paul and Juice and, and everything going on. But I, I th- like what were you guys' thoughts on Three Six Mafia I mean, not even just now, but maybe when we were growing up. Like, I, I think that my first introduction to them was that it was three six, three sixes, and they, it was devil music. And a lot of people like came at it like that back in the day. Yeah, nah, oh, yeah, classic. I, yeah, I never really took the devil music route. Yeah, um, it was always for me like, damn, okay, like they're just out there. Yeah, like they're like they were always like. I don't want to liken them to the weird kid in high school, but you know, it's like those kids who like are a little off, yeah. but they still from the hood, but yeah, they yeah. still do ghetto hood shit, but yeah. they're a little alternative. Yeah. You know, like crunchy black had the, the, the piercing the over the eye. Yeah. Paul had the arm and he would have like some type of like leather things going on sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like they were just always a little left to center, but they made hard ass gangster music. Yeah. And, and my real first introduction with them was just, Tear the club up, thugs. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, like they in there just really, really on some wild shit. Yeah. And it was just like a different type of energy for music at the time, for me at least, coming from the West Coast with that laid back sound and then being into East Coast rap. Yeah. This was like, oh, this is just straight fight music. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. It, 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 I, I think, obviously, in Virginia, we had, I had heard Tear the Club up before that used to, that, that had come on, like like the underground, like nighttime shows. Right. 
I, I feel like A plus knows a lot about three six because he was he was on the radio like that motherfucker was like doing radio stuff back in the day, but it was riding spinners, which was like mm. the the one in in two thousand three two thousand four where it was like yo what the fuck, and then well actually no it was late night tip for me when I was younger because that used to come on like uh rap city back yeah. in the day. And then it was Ghetto Chick because that used to come on BET Uncut. Mm. And that was the video where there was like, they had, it was in a set and there was like them behind bars, but it was on a set. It was like the strangest <laughs> video ever. Another Willie Hutt sample. There's so many Willie Hutt samples yeah. on Most No Unknown. But it was from there. I had an actual friend on the end, like on a message board that I used to frequent that put me on to everything else 36 Mafia. He told me about all the Memphis beefs. He told me all the shit they was talking about, all the rappers that they was beefing with, because they beef with a lot of rappers in mm. Memphis. And it was that it was that person I met on the internet it was one of my first kind of like internet friends, if you could call it that. And he he used to send me uh, HCP stuff all the time. And from there, you know, I just became such a huge fan of uh of Three Six Mafia. And he was like an alt kid too. He was he was like a kid that loved rock, and that was like the one thing that he actually liked was Three Six Mafia. Like, well, that makes sense because mm-hmm. the music was so aggressive. Yeah, it kind of lent itself to like you know rock fans and, right. and just so forth. Yeah, makes yeah. a ton of sense. What about you, MC? We talked about on the earlier Throw Blacks, the Diplomats Throw Blacks, about how Cam and the Diplomats had such huge internet presence. I think Three Six. I think it's underrated their internet presence at that late '90s, early 2000s type of stage because I know it's Diplomats. I know Ghetto Boys got a lot of huge uh, internet presence from their uh, song in Office Space. Damn, feels good to be a gangster. That was another huge one that was on the internet. But 3-6 ended up having that same type of presence, I guess you would say. Even though they weren't really played as much as I would hear them once I eventually ended up moving to the South. Uh, in, in the tri-state area, you didn't really hear them that crazy. But I do remember how prevalent they were as far as kids that liked listening and talking about 3-6 and, and Hypnotize Camp Posse before I ended up making my way to the south and actually hearing them in a much grander stage yeah i, th- I think the, of the internet the most that i saw was the crunchy black gif of him gangster walking in the riding spinners video. i was just about to That's say the gif yeah that was that <laughs> gif i still use to this day yeah. um and just seeing someone like seeing that style of dance gangster yeah. walking i was like oh that's like crip walking like it was just being from la it was like okay that's familiar yeah um, and then that Riding Spinners video was just epic, period. Spinners was just such a thing. So it was like, oh, y'all niggas made a song to it. This one is the, even bigger. One of the best videos of all time. Yeah. I, I think if you ever, if you didn't know what the fuck these motherfuckers look like, you, it's that. Because like, even younger than that, like the Who Run It video was the biggest thing at the time. And mm-hmm. the, and the uh, Sipping On Some Scissor video was, was that at the time. But yep. that was for like an older crowd. Riding Spinners was really when they kind of crossed over and was like, hey, we're, we're going to stop with the, all of the horror core stuff and we're yeah. gonna actually start making regular that was a BET ass video that shit came on BET all, all the fucking time. day oh my god <laughs> but let's let's get into some of the early years of 3-6 Mafia uh, 3-6 Mafia was founded in 1991 when Memphis teenagers DJ Paul and Juicy J met through DJing in the city um, the two had been trained in a multitude of instruments you know Juicy J with his brother Pat they learned like piano and guitar uh, DJ Paul with his brother Ricky, who, uh, of course, is lower infamous, uh, just doing, a, you know, learning a, a multitude of instruments. I think when you look at I, I'll, like, like when I was reading up on this, I was like, damn, like music school programs really are the best. Oh, like, yeah. I, and, and I and I look at these two as kind of like um, examples of mm-hmm. that type of thing that they used to do back in the day where they would put kids in, you know, music theory and stuff like that yeah. and see what they became. And I was like, I was like, damn, like when you listen to them, there is a musicality to what they do that isn't just kind of like making loops. 
Well, and I think one thing that is big in their influence is that they're from Memphis. Yeah. It's a music ass city. Right. Like, you know, so them being from there, having all that soul R and B jazz around them mm-hmm. and then them being a product of hip hop. Right. That was just a perfect mix. And, you know, I think they're really students of the game. Um, you know, just the way they kinda came at music and the samples they use. It wasn't the the usual samples that hip hop or our hip hop producers were making at the time. Absolutely not, and and because they came up around those multitude of influences, not just being from Memphis, but movies and older hip hop. One thing about Three Six Mafia, they and we'll talk about this when we get to the sample section of this whole thing, but like they pay respect to themselves a lot, but they also pay respect to the Memphis DJs and rappers that came before before mm-hmm. them. DJ uh, Play a Fly. Uh, Gangsta Black, all of them, King Kingpin, Skinny Pimp, all of them, they pay respect to in their music, um, you know, for in in different ways, just like the drums, some yep. of the vocal sample. I mean, Yeah Ho is one of the greatest yeah. <laughs> uh, vocal samples of all time. Yep. <laughs> like everyone knows what the Yeah Ho is, but they don't know where it came from, and it came from them. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy how influential they are to hip hop in general. Like mm-hmm. just listening through this album this week. Um, I was like, damn, like all these beats can work right now with yeah. a multitude of different rappers yeah. and not even from Memphis, from like a 21 Savages sound. Uh, to, what's her name? Uh, what's what's the girl? Glorilla. Yeah. No, I was going to. Oh, I mean, all of the, yeah. the <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee acts out right now are byproducts of 3-6 Mafia. Absolutely. It's actually crazy to like hear and see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and I mean, they were they were it because the rap scene in Memphis was not developed. When they were starting to do music, it was like a couple of DJs and and really just them, uh, you know, DJs like Spanish Fly and Squeaky were creating sort of like a prototype of the Memphis sound. And I want to kind of get into the Memf- the Memphis sound. Yeah. The Memphis sound is like not like the Atlanta sound. The Atlanta sound, in a way, kind of morphed into kind of like a side like yeah. version of the Memphis sound. After a while, I think Lil John um really paid a lot of respect to it on the Crunk Juice album, yeah. The Blow is one of the is definitely like a memphis record yeah i think what i think atlanta kind of took with the memphis sound miami or atlanta took what miami was doing with the yep. bass music and what memphis was doing with i don't even know what you want to call that spooky lo-fi muddy yeah. almost and they i think Lil john did a great job of connecting those two yep. and creating the crunk uh sound but um yeah the memphis sound is just it's it's, it's huge when you look at hip-hop today mm-hmm. i think you know yesterday we're recording this on saturday Friday, you had City Girls album come out, yep. and they have a record with Juicy J on there. And you have, you know, Meg Thee Stallion and her records with Juicy J. And it's like, it's still so prevalent and still so um, iconic. Yeah. It's just a sound you're like, oh shit, okay, this is it. I mean, Mac Miller uh, was yeah. also somebody that respected respected the Memphis sound. Mm-hmm. And, and he, you know, Juicy J was on one of his biggest records, produced on one of his biggest albums, you know, that, that had come out. <clears throat> but the Memphis sound, we mentioned, you know, Josh mentioned Muddy, and, and, and I said lo fi. And and those kind of two those two kind of go hand in hand in that sound. It's very it's very raw, very rough. Like even back in the day, yeah. they were taking horror samples. Uh, they would sample the Psycho theme. Uh, I think Three <laughs> Six Mafia sampled the Child's Play theme before. Yep. All of that, you know, this all fits into the Throwblacks October spookiness of everything. <laughs> but that was how the Memphis sound was. And when you hear people talk about it, it's because the city was so. It looks like a gray city. Even when you look at like videos and stuff like that of Memphis, it always looks like it's overcast out there and yeah. really depressing. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I've been to Memphis a few times and yeah, it's always been like high 60s, yeah. low 70s. <laughs> um, it's perfect. 
Not for me. Nah. Um, <laughs> really? We're from 80s, 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it's, it's a very, it's a very like downtrodden, but like kind of slower place to be at. Like Memphis is, 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 it's moody to say the least. And one, I don't know why. And this, it might be because it's like a bit of a hub city. I always, when I think of Memphis, I think of train tracks. Mm-hmm. There have a lot of train tracks out there for some reason. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting city. And I think the, the, the music represents it very well. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the, the pillars of that was what three, six was creating. Yeah. I mean, uh, another thing Memphis is known for murder. And I think that when, <laughs> when it came up around that, you know, you had, you had Paul and Laura infamous, they were called the serial killers. That was their first, uh, group together. They came up with several different mixes, um, together. And, you know, of course, Paul and, 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 and Laura may had the musical bug, but also D, uh, DJ Juicy J and, you know, uh, Project Pat had a musical bu- bug as well. But with how small the scene was in Memphis, it was only a matter of time before Paul and Juicy kind of found each other. Mm-hmm. And the two teamed up with Laura Infamous to create the Backyard Posse. And let me tell you, 90s uh, group names, insane. What is the Backyard Posse? I mean, they're, mean? they're like 90s. Like, I mean, oh, you, you got to think about just <laughs> collective names in general back then. And I mean, like gang names, yeah. like Crips. Yeah. And like Bloods. <laughs> it's like, y'all couldn't get more creative than this? So, yeah, Backyard Posse doesn't surprise me. Um, I think one thing that I want to highlight um, just about them two coming together and just the thought process was these guys were entrepreneurs early on. Mm-hmm. Like they were absolutely like, hey, we're putting out our own tapes. We're recording it ourselves. Yeah. We're selling it ourselves. We're going to the record shop. Um, making I think their that's, own beats. Yeah, making their own beats, like just creating their own record label yeah. by, from scratch. And these are young guys at the time. Um, I think it's something to be said for that. Um, and that helped kind of develop the Memphis music scene. Cause it was like, okay, we don't have to go to New York or or uh, L.A. or even to, you know, Atlanta yeah. to go and get on. We can just put ourselves on. I think that was really influential and just, like, um, key to their success. Yeah, and, and the South was just such a – I mean, let's be real. Like, the South kind of runs music today in a lot of ways. But back then, no, not at all. There there was no there yeah. was no presence in the South. There was no presence for the South. I remember and, – and I reference Pimp C's book so much because it's, it's such a great – um, example of what it was like to be a Southern artist at that time. They had to fly to New York every yeah. single time they wanted to meet with their label, or, or yeah, like or or get a or get a fax. And I think Three Six when they first signed, they were they, they were independent, but they signed to Columbia, I believe, first. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would always have to fly to New York. You know, there was no, you know, they. I think now they'll just come to you, or there'll be a Zoom call, or whatever. But send like, send an email. Send an email. They had to get faxes, all that stuff. These sheets would be days late. Like, think about how hard that was, and how easy it was. It is now. And, you know, where they are in the South, it just wasn't easy to get to them. So, as Josh said, the entrepreneurial spirit came up where you not only had the serial killers with Paul and and uh, and Lord Infamous, you had Juicy J doing his own thing with Pat, but you also had the three of them as the backyard posse. So, again, it kind of follows this, what they pretty much always did with a hypnotized camp posse anyway, where they just have offshoots of the different yeah, groups. Yeah, like, just like, this was a duo over here. Yeah. This was like, like, I used to always ship off... Um, you know, Getty Green, Project Pat's album was yeah. one of my favorite albums. And there was like, it was like Future and the Tear the Club Up Thugs. Yeah. I was like, I thought that was just <laughs> 360 Mafia. Yeah, like what? It was so confusing, but that was dope, man. I think they were just kind of like, it, it was the groups, not to say they had different styles, yeah. but the albums and groups had different energies. Yeah. And when it was needed, it was a different name. And I think that was just always cool and creative. Um, So eventually they would come up with several different mixes. Uh, Juicy J's most popular mix at the time was Chapter 5, uh, which included a kind of rough version 
<clears throat> of Slob on My Knob mm-hmm. from way back then. This song, and, and again, one, one thing you learn about them is that they'll remake the same song back in the day over and over oh, again yeah. until they got it just right. And you wouldn't hear the final version of that song until uh, uh, Crazy in the Last Days, uh, the Terror the Club Up Thugs album, which I think the Backyard Posse turned into the, <laughs> the Terror the Club Up Thugs. Yeah. It, it was just a lot of things going on there. But uh, yeah, we, we eventually get into the 90s where things really start to pick up with the formation of 3-6 Mafia. What's up? You still fuck with them triple six niggas? Yeah, I still fuck with them niggas, man. Them niggas doing it, man. I don't just like them niggas myself, but them niggas doing it. Man, I don't even see how you do it. What's up, false beast? Straight ass nigga. What's up, nigga? Man, I ain't even like that, dog. I know they like that, bitch. I know they like that. Niggas like this, nigga. Oh, uh, yeah, this goes out of my nigga Nino. And the Kid Posse. First of all, nigga. lot of different uh versions of three six mafia yeah. over the years uh but they they officially formed with rapper coops to uh who eventually adding on gangsta boo and eventually crunchy black a year later in 1995 and they released their project mystic styles which featured live by your rep a bone thugs and harmony disc mm-hmm. and tear the club up a song that had so many fucking so much drama that it eventually got banned at nightclubs in the South, which is such yeah. a 90s thing to do, is ban a whole song from the from a nightclub. No, nah, I mean, it was real. Like, that song would come on and start fights. Yeah. Shootings, shootouts. <laughs> like, it was one of them songs, one of the first songs, I think, where people were, like, waiting for that to come on mm-hmm. to, like... Beat somebody up. Yeah, to tear the club up. Yeah. Like, it was just really it. And, um, you know, I think... I'm trying to think. There's some other records where they've banned. Like, I know there's, like, a Pastor Troy record that they banned in clubs at one point. Wasn't it um No One Playing GA? Yeah, No One Playing GA. No One Playing GA, yeah. But but it's just interesting, man. Like that's that's how iconic this group was. Yeah. They had songs that were literally banned. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and and again, like you don't hear about banned songs anymore. Three Six would eventually keep testing the waters. They had songs like "Put Your Signs in His in His Face," <laughs> "Gang Signs in yeah. His Face." Uh, they had "Who Run It" was another one that I think was mm-hmm. was banned in some, in some clubs as well. Um, again, they would always have these anthems that would get people beat the fuck up in the club. Again, making way for. Walk a flock of flame. Yeah. <laughs> songs that had the same kind of energy a couple of years later. And again, it's that it's that pro it's that prototype sound of what would eventually become crunk. And and Josh, what do you think about the argument? And this was an argument back in the day in the in the mid two thousands of who started crunk? What were the you know, who were the godfathers of crunk? Who were the grandfathers of crunk? A lot of people yeah. like Lil John would always give respect to three six, but the argument was always three six started it, or they'd be like, No, Lil John started it. I think for me, um, I I say that Lil John started it okay. because he actually put a stamp on it and was like, yeah. this is a sound. And Crunk was a little more playful than what 3-6 was making. <clears throat> like, Crunk music was was high energy, but it was also a little more just, like, less violent, Yeah, <laughs> I think, to a certain well, degree. Crunk was pretty violent, though. I mean, it was, but I think it was just like, I don't know. I feel like, and it might have just been the way that they were marketed, 3-6 music was just like... It was it was definitely a precursor to crunk. It's definitely yeah. influenced crunk, but it was a little more just like I'ma kill you, I'ma beat you up. Yeah. But crunk is just like we in the club throwing like oh it was <laughs> just both. Yeah, like it, it just I don't know. It felt a little less violent. Um so I, I give it to three I give it to Lil John. Yeah. But there would be no crunk music Lil John without three six mafia. I, I I wanna call their music something else. I just don't know. They what. would call it Memphis crunk or they would they would call it Memphis bump. Uh like they 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 would 
again, like Memphis rap is just different. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and as Josh said, like Crunk isn't overtly violent, but but three six was saying some wild shit back in the day, yeah. and then would turn around and say we believe in God. Like that that is that was just the wildest uh, shit. Like Lord Infamous on one of the albums said. Uh, if you think I worship Satan, I'm gonna send your ass to meet him. I'm like, nigga, would have you heard the last six minutes he was on talking <laughs> about the cover? worship? <laughs> like, seen the covers, nigga, worship, and that was a big thing back in the day. You look at the Chapter Two World Domination cover, the Mystic Styles cover. They're wearing black masks yep. and holding machetes and shit like that. Like, this was really a shock rap era in the '90s where. It's different from now where like they were trying to get your ears by kind of attacking your eyes in the back in the day. Yeah. I and I think they I, I when I look at Mystic Styles that album and I look at the album cover, I, I really I like to believe that they were very much influenced by ghetto boys mm-hmm. and just like the things that were going on in other places, but they're like just the Memphis style of it. Um, you know, the the horror coreness of it mm-hmm. was really shining bright in that album. And um I don't, that was one of the albums I heard and I was like, Okay, like this is cool, but I'm not about to go back to this. It's yeah, like, me. And, and they were obsessed with Child's Play and, and yeah. Michael Myers. They sampled that. Phantasm, they've sampled that. All types of horror movies, even some shit that people have never seen before. Memphis is a horror movie-ass fucking state. Like, you would even see, I think, Paul would walk around with a Chucky doll. Uh, I, I mean, Bushwick Bill also walked around with a Chucky doll as well because he yep. believed himself to be the black Chucky at the time. Um, there were just so many... And the South was just a dark time. Like you, South is looked at as a party ass area. Now it yeah. was not this in the nineties. It was it was some horrific shit going on, really in the deep South. But you know what? It's like it's so good to be able to pinpoint the way that hip hop is kind of like adopted throughout the South, as far as the links between Houston and Memphis. Then you have yeah. the links between Memphis and Atlanta, and how things had really tied. And it's not really as controversial as things of who took who in 2023. I think that ends up being a big point of far as like influence and creators. But in the 90s, you know, you probably had like a, a few people that wanted to make re- really make sure that they were stamped on that. But in the 90s, it didn't really feel like there was this huge territorial thing of, you know, influence and, and, uh, uh, adaptation, I guess you would say. Yeah, I mean, and and again, that influence carries over to today. People sample movies all the time. I think, I think, like, really, what Three Six brought to the game was that fucking eight hundred eight sound. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and what what they were able to do at that time was something that was universal and everyone everyone loved. Because you when you think about the nineties, it was boom bap, it was uh, P Diddy R and B and rap, and then you had in the South scary music. And spooky music, like that's literally what they came up came up with, and it was shit that was getting banned in the clubs. And uh, the many members of Three Six Mafia, of course, but I, I think people kind of get confused because people think that Lachat was in there. Uh, people think that like Fraser Boy was a member at one point. Yeah, no, or like Skinny Pimp, Skinny Pimp, like like yeah. a lot of these people. No, the main the main Three Six Mafia group was DJ Paul, DJ Juicy J, Crunchy Black, Lord Infamous, Coopston Nicka, and Gangsta Boo. And what's crazy about them, Gangsta Boo had a gold album. Coops the Nigga had a gold album, Independent. Oh, yeah. This was, an ind- this was when Independent was really fucking independent. And, you know, you were really getting your money back pretty much from all of the sales of these. They would be selling these, these records out of the trunk of their cars. They'd be, they would be putting them, you know, physically into the stores and getting that money back. An insane amount of hustle that 3-6 Mafia had at the time. Very concentrated. So if you think about these records and just like how they were distributed it was mostly in memphis yeah um you know and then su- surrounding southern states so it's just really um 
just a testament to real hustle, real grind. Um, you had, you know, other places having their movements. You had like Suave House having their mm-hmm. movement and Cash Money, of course, and No Limit. Slip and slide. Yeah, slip and slide. But it's really interesting how Hypnotized Mind were the producers and the CEOs yeah. <laughs> and really pushing that that movement forward. And you were all, they would be making the beats for every single song on those projects. There would be no other producers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul and Juicy were getting all the money from that production budget, putting it right back out, getting that money back. These dudes were millionaires. Bef- before the album that we're going to talk about today, these motherfuckers were already millionaires. Like that is the mm-hmm. craziest thing to think about. Like they were already living in mansions driving Benzes, Mercedes, all that shit. They had it already. They were big already in the South. Uh, and 3-6 would actually form their own label, Hypnotize Minds, uh, in the in the mid-90s. They were previously signed to Profit. They fell out with Profit. Uh, they they dissed them a lot throughout the uh, 90s. But, <laughs> but they would release uh, albums, like, like dozens of albums a year. DJ Paul and Juice would have three different mixes a year, three different mixtapes a year. Uh, they would include solo projects from Project Pat, who went platinum on, on I believe, uh, Land the SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ Paul, Juicy J, Gangsta Boo. One of the one of my favorite, you know, uh, albums from uh, in the South is uh, Inquiring Minds. Mm. Uh, Gangsta Boo, R.I.P. to her, man. Just man. we lost her literally on New Year's Day this year. Oh, shit. Um, what a crazy, crazy loss for for the community. I I think a lot of rappers take from her, uh, in in what she did. As far as just how she came in the rap, how she presented herself, the things that she rapped about, one of my favorite rappers of all time is Gangsta Boo. Like she was just a fucking beast. Yeah, no, I mean she's the prototype for a lot of female rappers today. Um, and you're right, across the board, male and female, I think they mm-hmm. kind of were influenced by her. But you look at the landscape of female rappers from the Sexy Reds, the Glorillas, and Gloss Up, like they kind of they kind of came at the game at her angle, where it's yeah. like a hard female, still sexy to a degree, yeah. but just rapping about <clears> shit. <throat> That's a little more true to life and not so much just the female rap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was rapping about murdering. Yeah. She said, uh, she what was she what she say on tongue ring, razor in her mouth, straight slicing your shit. Your shit. I said, <laughs> damn, nigga. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh some notable releases uh that from that time. Chapter two, World Domination, went gold. Crazy in the last days, went gold. When the smoke clears, which features sipping on some scissor, went platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh When the Smoke Clears is my favorite through this mafia album. That is the one that has all the hits. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's one of it's it's it is to me an essential Southern album. Um, in 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 a way where you kind of understand where Three Six is coming from. They fucking sample Creep Show, the horror movie, and that shit. Uh, the Crunchy Black uh, has uh, Where the Cheese at his solo record. Yep. Uh, yeah, I rob. Yeah, I steal. Yeah, I put your body in a field. Uh, I mean, hey, <laughs> that's his. That is his LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of his jobs in one i rob i steal i put your body in the field uh <laughs> but we get to a really turbulent time uh with three six mafia where we get into the early 2000s and there are a lot of issues that that come up <clears throat> around around kind of the the group as they get bigger and as they get more notable uh in in hip-hop in 2003 they released to, to that point their most successful mainstream album to date with the Unbreakables, which featured you know big name artists, Lil Flip was on there. Yeah. Uh, Josie Scott from Saliva was on there again, bringing in that uh, that that rock feel yeah. as well. Saliva, um, <laughs> hey, back. Saliva was big, bro. <laughs> Crazy name, but that's hindsight. that's the funny thing about them being alternative and just like left to center. Um, I think 
when the smoke's clears had insane climate policy yeah, on it yeah. too. So it's like they were also they were always like fringe yeah. rappers to a certain degree. <laughs> or they leaned into that fringe shit. And yeah, that was just one of them random features that just made sense. Like they was fucking with juggalos, man. I, I, man, I definitely were. They probably did one of them on uh, Juggalo Fest. I think they probably did. Yeah, they, they more makes than likely sense. did. And you look at the Unbreakables. You talk about alt, Lord Infamous. I, I even mentioned this at first. This mother, remember his, he had oh, like yeah, the, the pin through his nose. Yeah, yep. like that was the wildest shit ever. When I first saw the Unbreakables, I was like, "What?" I was like, "What is these niggas? Hey, like, man. what what type of shit is they on, bro? Like they like." Again, the crunchy black eyebrow piercing was was iconic because it was like, nigga, you look like these roughest nigga on earth, but you still got your eyebrow pierced. Bro. Crazy, <laughs> like, that shit is crazy, bro. Uh, but the project for for the Unbreakables kind of um, ditched a lot of that horrorcore sound, kind mm-hmm. of fully coming into the crunk of of what was popular at the time. Uh, of course, at that point, Paul and Juice were fucking with Atlanta artists. They were uh, working with Lil John at that point. They were talking and, and mingling with a lot with like Pastor Troy's and stuff like that. Like they were they were really in the South and they were getting that respect. They were 10 years in the game at this point. You know what I mean? So they were at that point elder statesmen in hip hop and in Southern hip hop at that point. As Southern hip hop starts to take off, you've got them, you've got UGK, you've got 8-Ball and MJG. It's almost like they're starting to get their second win at this point, right? Yeah, no, definitely. This is... It's funny to think that this is the second win, but yeah, mm-hmm. they were definitely <laughs> starting to figure it out. I liked a, a lot. One thing that was interesting to me was the rise of Three Six Mafia and the rise of Houston rap. Yes, that was kind of like simultaneous, mm-hmm. and they leaned into that a lot. Um, you know, the album we're talking about uh, today had DJ Houston, Paul, or not DJ Paul, Paul Wall, and yeah. twice uh, Mike Jones had a record on yep. there. So they were definitely um, they were supplying the sound bed for a lot of southern movements at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see that, like, it's not even interesting. It's just you could tell that the South already respected them. Yeah. So it was like, oh, shit, we going to DJ Paul and GCJ for beats. Um, We already know what they're about. We already know what they've established. Yeah. And, I mean, even as we say they're getting a second win, the wheels are starting to come off of the fucking car for <laughs> 36 Mafia at this point. However, in 2004, the makeup of the group had actually changed several times whether through it was members leaving, Lachat left, they diss her. Yeah, they, they diss her on album. They diss her on Unbreakable. Her and Gangsta Boo, I think. And, yeah, they yeah, diss yeah. them both. Uh, they actually bleep out Lachat's name on the Unbreakable's posse song. Every Okay, 3-6 Mafia, every album has a posse song yeah. where they have 20 niggas on the song <laughs> that are signed to the label. On the Unbreakable's, uh, Lachat was on the posse song. They bleep her name out and cut her verse and oh, then shit. diss her on the, on the song. I think there's this part where he's naming the members and then there's one member he kind of leaves out. It's Lachat's name because she leaves. Uh, Gangsta Boo leaves. Uh, and they both cite financial issues. They're not getting paid what they should be. Yeah. I think this was a big issue for 3-6 Mafia or DJ Paul and Juicy J in general. They had- I mean, you got to think about it. DJ Paul and Juicy J making the beats, being the label CEOs. <laughs> I don't know if I they were in the book. I know I'm not taking this. I just don't think that they were in the books as they should have been. I, I, I can't say taking sides. I think when you look at what all they were doing yeah they couldn't have been on top of the, the financial <laughs> part of it like they just like their whole album was about getting high <laughs> that's true like that, and it's been like that what's funny is that gangsta boo would actually come out a couple years ago and say dj uh juicy j was a nerd he ain't never do no drugs and i was like all right man 20 years later, honestly <laughs> i probably believe it he goes so hard with the branding of it all it's like damn he probably wasn't doing no drugs so he wasn't sniffing coke the amount of drugs you see say he do though, he would not be alive if he was doing them That's real. Exactly. Exactly. Trippy niggas. <laughs> like what? <Man. laughs> 
He just leaned into it. He knew that was just, it's good marketing. It's, it is good marketing to be the drug because it gets it gets druggies to listen to your music. So he's like, oh yeah, he knows what I'm about. He knows everything that I'm doing. But that was the main thing with 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 them in general. Three Six was not like the Memphis at all. They they're always dissing other rappers. Um, I think around this time, which is crazy to think of how long they had been around at this time, a young rapper named Yo Gotti was coming up at mm-hmm. that time. And he had issues because he literally went out and said, I'm never working with them. And yeah. Then- <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because now you look at like kind of what Memphis rap is now. It's a yeah. little more like hustle music. You yeah. Know, like Dolph and Gotti and Key Glock. Yeah. It's a little like they, like they definitely were like, we real street niggas. Like, <laughs> I don't know what them niggas doing over there, but we really in the streets. <laughs> And you could see the difference of it all and just the type of music they make. The world was changing. The world yeah. was changing. And, and I think that as much respect as 3-6 probably still gets, and, and of course, they're always going to get that respect, there were younger rappers that were coming up at the time that, whether it be Gangsta Boo in the chat from their era or the, or the new era, they were just not fucking with the things that they did. And, you know, they were kind of outcasted. They were they were not, you know, particularly super loved out there. They talk about it on the albums all the time, especially the Unbreakable. The Unbreakable's Test of My Gangsta is basically dissing all of Memphis. Like, yeah. that, that's literally like no one, <laughs> but everyone hates us. You get it, though. It's like, you know, I, it's just like, man, like there's a, for all that, you know, fight music. Yeah. There's a whole nother side to that that don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. And and it was, you know, I'm pretty sure they were feeling the, 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 the heat of that as yeah. they were coming up. Uh, you also have Project Pat, who went to prison several times mm-hmm. during when you know during a point where they were at their most popular. Of course, the Unbreakables comes out, huge record goes platinum. He's in jail, um, and you know he he had already gone gold with with a couple of his albums as well. Yep, Mister Don't Play. Yep. Um, Getty Green. Getty that Green. Go. Uh, uh, laying a smackdown. Of course, that actually came out. I think after he he got out. I think, but yeah. um, Lord Infamous uh, also left the group for as yet unrevealed reasons. A lot of people think that he went to rehab and. Uh, he had a lot of issues, and again, you know, his life would be tragically cut short. I, th- I believe in like 2017. Um, it, it's it's the the way that they were living was, was hard living. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and it definitely caught up to Lord Infamous in in a lot of ways too. Yeah, I just you know, I mean, all those drugs, all that, all of the the spoils of hip hop mm-hmm. is hard for a lot of people who are you know not used to it and coming up in a certain type of way. Yeah, and I just think that the 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 rap lifestyle is a hard lifestyle. You're yeah. performing every night in clubs so early in the morning. You waking up, recording, recording, not really getting the right sleep, not really getting the right uh, meals. Um, that takes a toll on you, yeah. for real. Yeah, especially when you've been doing it for so long. Yeah, it catches up to you, but. As the as the wheels are are, are, are turning and, and falling off, three six rees up with with new artists. Fraser Boy, mm-hmm. uh, who who's from the Bay, they call it the Bay in Memphis. Uh, Lil White, which Lil White, yeah. of course you had to get a white rapper. Uh, I believe they signed uh, Boogie Mane around there. <laughs> did y'all have a Did y'all have a little white thing around your around your area in Palm Beach? I remember just coming out here. There was a huge Lil White, just like. Niggas I, I, don't like, even, I don't even think call it a movement, but trailer park niggas love Lil White. Yeah. Like he was actually popping. I mean, yeah, he he was having a moment. I think he was probably one of the. I mean, besides Fraser Boy, he they were both two of the more successful, yeah, like second generation of Three Six Mafia. It's crazy to think how long yeah. they had been around at that point. Yeah, no, but they were they definitely. I I just I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I remember consistently seeing ads and Devil Except yeah. Source for these guys. I'm like, oh shit, people really tapping in. Fraser Boy was kind of I. I think his voice was just so off putting, bro. Fraser <laughs> Boy, I'm the door. Like he was just like he just sounded like Fraser Boy like that. Come on, he, he sounded like a cartoon character, bro. But <laughs> but again, Fraser Boy would get his just due. Because as the end of 2004 uh, kind of hit, 3-6 Mafia were asked to do 
what some thought was the impossible. And that was make a fucking song for a movie starring Terrence Howard. Of yeah. course, we're talking about Hustle and Flow, which would be like a convergence point for 3-6 Mafia. They were popular then. They were undeniable <laughs> after 2005. You know what's Think of Hustle and Flow, the movie. I haven't seen it in quite some time. I wanted to watch it before we did this. I didn't yeah. get a chance to. I haven't but. watched it in a while either. Um, it's a good movie, man. I, it's it's funny. Looking back, it's like, damn, that movie won an Academy Award. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that looking <laughs> back. I enjoyed the movie when it came out. Um, I enjoyed everything around the movie. A hip-hop movie. Terrence, Hart, Terrence Howard was really good in it. Mm-hmm. I think he's become a bit of a meme coming out of it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, man. I think there's a lot of... Um, a lot of like good quotes and things from that. <laughs> like, I, who who says the line? Um, look at my CEO, like CEO. Let's get this money. Yeah, is that I forgot? This might be Boosie. Yeah, Boosie. Oh, it's just always like things in that movie. Like, but that was a line from that movie. Yeah. So I don't know. It just it was one of those movies that was like great at the time, and now you look back at it, and you're like, was it good? It was a moment. Yeah. We had never seen anything like that. And I think that what Hustle and Flow did, it took what people thought of as a hood movie and they cre- and it became mainstream yeah. because it, it, it had actual budget and it had actual good writing and it had actual actors in it. And you had Ludacris in it, of course, yeah. like who, who was at the beginning of kind of his whole acting thing. He killed it. Yeah, like, no, he, he killed it. He yeah. was really good in, in the movie and the soundtrack was amazing. But again, it came down to Paul... Juicy and Fraser Boy writing It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp. How did this song win an Academy Award? People were pissed. Yeah, people were that pissed. That year. People were mad. It was mad. a good song, man. That's a great fucking song. <laughs> hey, you know what it was? It was Terrence Howard's performance of yes. that song. With the with the with the accent. Yeah. I think his accent was so insane on that it's song. Hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> And the way they put the beat together too, the way that they're using the MPC and just how how yeah, minimalist yeah. it is of them just and putting that Memphis production together. Yeah, you know what I like the Money Bag Yo video where he pays, oh, pay, yeah, we pays homage to that. I was like, that's so crazy that no one had thought of that yet. Yeah, I mean, it's funny if people kind of stay away from that movie. Yeah, why? Why? I want to know I why. I like, don't know. I mean, I feel like it's become a bit of a meme where it's like it's not really. I think it's because of Terrence Howard and the yeah. mains. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, he just did that on, and everything after. <laughs> but then again, like, 20 years later, Grizzlies games, they're chanting, whoop that trick loud as hell. They're chanting, whoop that yeah. trick at, at WWE shows. They don't yeah, even, yeah. I don't even think a lot of people that chanted know the context of it being, uh, of the context of the song, I guess you would say. Because I don't hear the get them when they're yelling, whoop that trick. I'm waiting for the get them. That's why I feel like it's a bit of a meme. Because it's like, it's yeah. just this thing that's taking a life of its own outside of the movie. And it's bigger than the movie in this and and this day and age. Yeah, and, and for people that don't know what hustle and flow is, because because a lot of people when they listen to, I I always tell people listen to Throw Blacks because we're gonna give you the history before we get an album. And yeah. and I think when you when you when if you don't know what hustle and flow is, it's about Terrence Howard who plays kind of like a down on his luck pimp. He's only got two hoes, and he loves them both. <laughs> uh, I believe Taron Manning plays one of them. Yes. Uh, then he you know he he formulates this own kind of production. Uh, duo and all of this stuff creates his own beats and he says he wants to become a rapper 
and it's really the story of that. Like it has a is it? I forgot. The ending gets arrested right at the, at the end because he, he beats yep. up the uh, skinny pimp. Well, not skinny pimp. He, it was skinny black or some shit like that. It was Ludacris's? Uh, he he gets him drunk, throws the tape in the toilet. Fuck this shit. <laughs> beats his ass in the fucking bathroom. Really great scene. Like it's a it's a it is a funny movie, but it's also really tragic. And it's about someone who I mean, a lot of people know somebody like this. A lot of people know artists like this who just can't get out of their own way. And I think that I think that a lot of that kind of spoke to Paul and Juicy as they created the soundtrack and, and helped with the mute, they helped with the music and the score on this. And again, we said this yeah. earlier, these people were, were classically trained in a lot of instruments oh, yeah. and they finally got a chance to do that with this. I mean, they had already come out with mu- movies as well. Choices two came out that year as well. Mm-hmm. Choices one had already come out. Have y'all seen choices? I've seen choices. Yeah. Choices is a fucking hilarious movie. You need subtitles to watch this movie. <laughs> <because> <laughs> the fucking accents are so fucking yeah. thick in this movie. Well, they, you know, they were already making movies at this point. We're, we're three six mafia. Yeah, no, I mean that goes back to their entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, all the labels had movies at yeah. the time. No Limit, I'm about it. Uh, Baller Rock, blocking. Rockefeller had yeah, movies as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah, now they were they they always were like thinking ahead in yeah. just different ways they can kind of expand their empire. And um, I I mean, out of all of them, they might have took it the furthest. They won won an Academy Award for a movie. Yeah, they they won Academy Award. <clears throat> they walked up there. Uh. I, I was happy, bro. I, I, I shed a tear. You know what I'm saying? Like, because this is what this is like one of my favorite groups at the time. This is like yeah. Jay Z winning an Academy Award or something like that. Like, you, we felt like we all won that night. You know what I mean? I felt I, we yeah. felt like we all won. They walked up there with fucking girls in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had suits on, but they had chains on too. Yeah. Iconic picture. Frazier Boy, again, like, if he don't ever do nothing else in his life, you know what I mean? I don't that think was, he has. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's still around, actually. I think he still puts is he out music. music? Oh. He's still making music. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if he's um, with Paul and Juice anymore, but he's still making music. But if he don't do nothing else in his life, the fact that he got to stand on that stage with all them white people being like appalled at these niggas that was just up on stage, y- y'all don't understand how mad people were the you know next what? day after that, though. I'm looking at the photo right now. These niggas didn't have suits on. Wait, they didn't? No, these niggas had jeans, black tees on. <laughs> white tees and jean suits. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Juicy J had on just a black. Rock and roll, see some skull on here. <laughs> Fucking, they dress. They, you know what? My pardon me. I thought that they had dressed. They they dressed up to a suit to some shit one time. Yeah, that was like the red carpet for some shit after. Yeah. that's when they start doing the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had the MTV reality <laughs> show after. Yeah, listen, they hit the ground running, and you know how 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 good of an entrepreneur that they were. They said this is the time to put out an album. So out of nowhere, literally after this, they said we got an album coming out. And we're gonna call it Most Known Unknown. And they hit the ground running here. They got the they got the Oscar in what February. This album was out by September 27th. So they pretty much spent the rest of the year working on this album. Uh, Three six. They were prepared to, to kind of take the the next leap uh, in, into that, uh, and that will become Most Known Unknown. Now a different makeup of this, and this is why the album has so many features on it because there's only three members of the group at this point. Yeah. Is Paul Juicy and Crunchy Black, which is like. That, that, that's like, a depleted lineup. Like one, one and a half rappers. <laughs> it's like Paul, and then it's Juicy and Crunch, like yeah. put together. <laughs> because at this time, who would we consider kind of the best rappers in the group? I, I think Gangsta Boo definitely. Lord Infamous was 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 up yeah, there. It was like Lord Infamous, Gangsta Boo, and Paul. then yeah, and then Paul Wall. Then you had I guess Country Black, then Juicy J. Yeah, Juice was not the str- Juice was not where he was in the 2010s. I mean, even when he got to the 2020s, it was like, oh, but he was just a good <laughs> chanter and like 
Good energy on the track. I love that Juicy will always put the stomp sound effects. Under yeah, his he, raps. I mean, that, that, he, he had the hype. That was my thing with him. He produced his rap so well. Yeah. It was just little shit going on behind his raps, his ad libs. Mm-hmm. Everything made a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The stomps, the yeah ho, all of that stuff. His, his movie, his verses was cinematic, whereas everyone was kind of be trying to be lyrical miracles. Like Juicy J was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm just be fucking a gimmick every time. I, I don't even know if it's lyrical miracle. When I think about. Especially this album in particular, Most Unknown Unknowns. I'm like, this is a rap group where Bernie Mac would have fit right in. <laughs> like, I think, like, just the type of raps, that's just the shit they saying, like, the songs. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Bernie Mac could have been in this group rapping. Great fucking choruses throughout the whole, yeah. the whole album. They- I beat the black off your ass. <laughs> that's literally a Bernie Mac joke. <laughs> like, oh god so yeah i i think like I, when i listen to this album I'm like oh shit like this is definitely and and that's what they were they were very yeah. much comical on who they were yeah. and how they made music so it's like i i i absolutely believe there's watching comic view and kings of comedy and being like oh we about to cut that like we got we about to do some <laughs> shit real quick because i mean they always watching movies i mean yeah. that's clear from like things they sample all the things they do but let's jump into three six mafia most known unknowns I was a freshman in college when this came out. It was my first month there. Damn. Uh, and and this was me in the dorms being like, "Yo, I'm about to I'm about to run this album all fucking year." Because I mean, we were we were literally months away from Carter Two, which I think is probably my most played album in college. Just just top to bottom uh, was Carter Two. But we start off with uh, most unknown hits. The most unknown hits. Uh, DJ Paul kind of comes on there, and again, these are for people who haven't heard them. I, I think this album. To me, it's a great album, by the way. It's not my favorite 3 Mafia album, but I think that as far as their mainstream stuff, it is the best album that they've done because anything after this, I just don't even count it. It's, it's literally like, <laughs> I don't count I don't count the last two walks. No, we're not counting count, the last walk, absolutely. Outside of the record they had with UGK, that's it. Yeah, that, yeah that, I'm like, hey, that's some shit. After the fact, but I hear you. That, 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 to me, as far as albums go, that was it for, this is like the last 3 Mafia album to me. Uh, proper because you know they they would keep losing members. Crunchy Black isn't even on the fucking next album. Yeah. Uh, but they introduce you to what Three Six Mafia is. They play under like a spooky like they're still kind of paying homage to the spooky shit. Mm-hmm. They have like a spooky instrumental. They play Where's the Bud. They play Slob on My Knob. They play Tear the Club Up. They play Who Run It. They play Play Why You Hate. And I believe that's one of my yeah. favorite songs. That we didn't even talk about Play Why You Hate. That, that shit was hard. I'm about to say, can you can you can you sing this word? I, I feel like I can sing this intro just off memory. Of where how 10 out of 10. is the bub? Where uh, is the bub? Like court or the car. Tell the club. Tell the club. Push your ball. Tell the club. Then the beat starts getting higher. Bro, the intro to this shit is hard, especially if you was a fan. You remember all of these moments. That's exactly. And you're singing them. <laughs> like, that's why I call this album LinkedIn, 3-6 Mafia. Dog, sip it on some scissor. When I say weak ass, you say bitch. Tongue ring. It's my baby mama. Baby mama. I'm on child support. Two-way free. Two-way free. Uh, two I say bitch. I say bitch. Okay, get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of my face. Won't really as big of a hit as the rest. That was, that, that was a stretch. Yeah. It just felt good there. <laughs> Bitch, get the fuck out of my face! Was it wasn't really a big a big hit like the rest of them joints? No, nah, it wasn't. It that wasn't. was a mixtape joint that they had. Uh, Ryan Spinners, uh, Testing My Gangsta, uh, Who Gives a Fuck Where You From? That was on a K-Slay underrated, album. Damn, underrated. That was, yeah. that was on NFL was. Street too. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was on the K-Slay Street Sweeper shit. They had a video. Little White was in the song. 
I was like K Slade paying respect. They were, but I believe they were all they were they were all on a uh, Violator at the time, and I think that's how that uh, happened. Okay. Uh, the, DJ Paul actually disses Violator on this album as well too. <laughs> Uh, um. Uh. What else? We we're looking for them. J Lo booty, big, big old ass round of fat. Let me squeeze it. Let me squeeze. Now one hit a quitter. Listen, they love big asses before big asses was cool. Okay, <laughs> they was always talking about big asses hey, back from in Memphis. the day. Exactly. One hit. Okay, when they get to the choices, two songs at the end. I know they go in chronological order, but these were not hits. They're just songs. They were just songs. Who I, who I is wasn't a good record. Hell no! With the fucking uh, with Trillville. <laughs> don't try Trillville. Don't do Trillville like that. Here. We're we're Trillville now, man. Don't do Don P at? like that. Yeah, come on, man. Who you fucking with, bitch? Who you fuck? Shut the fuck up. Then then you know we we go right into. I gotta say the sequence on this album to me is really great. Like yeah. every song flows into each other perfectly. Um, you have your down moments, but then they bring you right back up. Like again, it, it speaks to how good these guys were producing. Mm-hmm. And and also being, you know, just really just the executive producers of their own albums is that they knew as DJs how to kind of spread the wealth, so yeah. to speak, as, as far as the song. How do you think that the the process goes between these two producing? Like, who do you think does the the drums and who does the melodies? Who, what do you That's think? That's a great is like? question, man. I've never really like dove into that before. I feel like they're so they're both so good at both mm-hmm. drums, melodies, sampling. Like, I yeah. think it's just like someone starts an idea someone finishes it or mm-hmm. i don't know like that, that's really interesting because like they make they're so both, many beats they make and, so many but they're even just you know outside of three six mafia they're both prolific in their production right alone right like if you look at their catalogs alone like you know dj paul has done a bunch of shit for drake recently mm-hmm. and like uh shit even one of those records uh jay-z rapped on yeah the, the uh, talk up yeah talk up um then you have you know all the shit that juicy J does yeah. outside of the group it's actually really interesting to see that there was like two great producers together. One thing that I notice is that I can't tell between the two when it's the solo production. Can mm. you? Like when it's solo Juicy J, I can't tell. It's like that's how good they are is that they kind of turned into each other. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think they just feed off of each other and just were so good together and alone. I don't know. It's interesting because I think about other production duos. You think about the Neptunes. Mm-hmm. When it's just Pharrell, you can kind of you can tell. tell. When it's just Chad, you can tell. Yeah. Um, you don't even really get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, so, yeah, no, that's 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 really interesting, man. Like, they really were, like, equals. We go right into Stay Fly or Stay High. Which one do y'all prefer? Stay High or Stay Fly? I, I mean, I, I prefer Stay High because it literally is a stay. It's a getting high song. Yeah. Um, Stay Fly was just, you know, the very clean uh, BG version. Good flip, version. Yeah, good they, flip though. Uh, yeah, Not gonna no, lie. They figured it out. It's a good flip. This was a prolific song in that it was the first time that 8 Ball and MJG and 3 Six Mafia had ever linked up and worked together, which is incra- it's is crazy, crazy to think of. That is really crazy. I didn't realize that. Uh, they, I, I don't know if they had animosity at that point, but again, being in the game for 20 years at that point, or 10 years, almost 20 years at that point, and <clears throat> never working together, really, really big deal. Young Bucks on the song, probably one of Young Bucks... <laughs> Biggest song he's ever been yeah. on. Um, Young Buck had already worked with Three Six Mafia before. He's on a song on. Uh, he's on a song called Memphis. Memphis, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. The, but he's actually from Nashville though. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always thought that. I was like, <laughs> Why is he here? <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, he always embraced them. Yeah. Like I think he might have been on a song before that even. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he was. And he also uh, he also tapped uh, Paul and Juicy to produce two songs on his debut album. Mm. Uh, they they did uh, Taking Hits and they did Stomp. Oh yeah, yep. Stomp. Which, yeah. is, which is one of the most... That's a great song. One of the, one of the greatest stories behind the song ever. <laughs> if you guys have never heard about this, this, the story behind Stomp. So this is uh, mid-2000s. 
T.I. is calling himself the King of the South. Ludacris also kind of taking claim to that. This is during the King of the South uh, uh, arc or, or plot in Atlanta. Uh, so the, uh, the song leaks with a T.I. diss. Uh, and Young Buck calls Ludacris and says, Hey, man, I got this song I want you on. I want to let you hear it, but I, I ain't going to tell you what's on it. Ludacris hears the diss. And then, uh, pretty much, he he pretty much like disses Ti on the same song. So yeah. in, the, in the original version of the song, you have Ti going first, and then Ludacris having already heard Ti's diss. <laughs> Ti has no clue that this is coming. This is Ti says. Uh, I, th- I think the biggest there was a couple lines in there. Like I, I guess you're I guess you're mad because my cleaning my fish tank in your and your house costs the same or some shit yeah. like that. And the biggest line was please stay off the, the T.I.P. T-I-P of, of my, my dick. dick. <laughs> Crazy. T.I., but even T.I.'s jab was slight. Like, me getting beat down, that's ludicrous. Me getting like, beat yeah. down, that's ludicrous. Yeah. It's a slight tap. Like, that yeah. was, <laughs> ludicrous went crazy on this nigga on the song. <laughs> Luda came on, motherfucker. I'm a, I, yeah, I knew Luda was bad when he started off like that. I was like, oh, shit. He just kind of jabbed him. Like, like T.I. was just playing. Ludacris tr- tried to end his career. Like, literally tried to end T.I.'s career there. And then what happened was when the, when the album came out, and I don't even know if T.I. and Buck are cool at this point, uh, T.I. hears it and he says take my verse off he doesn't yeah. clear his verse and he replaces his verse with the game Damn, on the yeah. on the official version of the Young Buck song but again 3-6 did the beat they cannot stay away from beef no matter Man. where they no matter where they're at yeah it's crazy that, that, I forgot that they replaced it with game is that the the version that's on streaming now uh, yes yes you, can, you cannot find the T.I. version unless it's on YouTube uh, Unless you got G Unit Radio Part Eight, I think it was Part Eight that it was on. I can't remember. Well, when you first the the first original printing of Straight Outta Cashville had the, that's has why I have original. it. Oh, it I did. Remember, yeah. I had the yes. disc. That's why I was. Th- I haven't listened to the album in a while, but I had the disc, and I remember it was both of them on there because it was the leak. The, the remember they would ship CDs early. They kind of they pulled it back. I believe it was some type of production fuckery. I might be getting my timelines wrong, but every every version printed afterwards is only the game version on there. And the game version is so bad. Like his verse is literally, you can tell they asked him to do that at the 11th hour. We got to get this shit out. We couldn't find anybody else to do it. We barely like your ass at this point. Can you please put this out, put this verse on the album? And there it is. So that's your, that is your, uh, your aside, your hip hop history aside. The first song where two people are dissing each other on the same song happened to be Young Bucks Stomp, produced by Juicy J and DJ Paul. Speaking of history and speaking of beef, uh, we can't talk about Stay High without talking about one of the more notable moments in Internet history. The beef that 3-6 Mafia had with the Holy Community. Oh, and God. the small amount of information that we had at the time of sampling, <laughs> apparently, because the big, big moment on the Internet that made its way through multiple different cities and states was the devil 3-6 Mafia <laughs> has taken this sample. Willie Hutch sample, great record, and flipped it to make it a devil chant talking about Lucifer, you are my king, <laughs> you are my whatever it was in 2005, and it spread so damn far. I'm pretty sure there's people in 2000, 2023 that still believe it. Yeah, that, that, I forgot the satanic panic that happened in 2005 <laughs> over yeah. a 36 Mafia song. And I was like, even if it was a satanic chant, I'm not putting it past them to do that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It wasn't, but they, listen to their old music. They do that anyway. Yeah, like, just, I think that was just a part of the marketing. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's just funny that the first time they didn't do it, people thought that they was being extra satanic. And I'm like, but this is definitely not 
uh, as bad as any of the Prophet Posse albums that were like literally having people talking backwards on them and shit like that. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, I gotta stay high. I, 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 I. Oh, yeah. Iconic can't. Before we leave that, too, um, iconic shirt. Yes. That, the skull that shirt. Skull shirt. Is, Glow in the dark. Yeah, that goes. That's. That shirt lives on further than I think the video. Supreme redid this shirt. Yeah. I want to say three and a half years ago, four years ago. It had a whole capsule collection with the jacket, the shirt, all of that stuff. Yeah. Iconic. I mean, where did Juicy J find the shirt? I believe he said he said he found it in the gas station. Yeah, it's like a gas station shirt. And yeah. it's funny because it's big in pop culture. Like, what was that rap movie with the little white girl a few years ago? Oh, uh, Spring Breakers. No, not Spring Breakers. It's another one. Damn. y'all. Ah, a few years oh ago? A few, it was probably 2000. Probably seventeen, white girl rapper. White girl rapper. Oh, wow, my. And it was a movie. Yeah. Who was it? Who was the actress? Oh, I forget. She's like, she's not even really popular. She's like, it was like a, it was like a big film festival movie. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name though. Patty cakes. Patty cakes. We were in Kashmir. Yeah, and they, I saw it. They pitched, they, pitched, they pitched that to us, and we, and we were like, "We're not trying to watch Patty." Like niggas was mad in the, in the office about Patty cakes. I went and saw it, and I was like, "This is terrible." Uh, but that she wore this shirt in there is big in the movie, so uh, I'll just think about how that shirt lives on beyond GCJ. Uh, I thought you were talking about Crayshon and V Nasty. I was like, they had a movie. They, nah. I, I wouldn't put it past them to wear that shirt. I think one of Juicy J's best verses here, by the way. They called me the juicy. You know I'm a stunt. Yeah, yeah. Riding the car was a bump in the truck. Tucked him like you know it's a bump. That's De- hard. Definitely. Uh, DJ Paul greenest line. DJ Paul is a dog. <laughs> one you do not trust. You leave your green around me, nigga. Your green gonna get lit up. All right, nigga. Well, you'll never hang out with me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Why'd you put that on here? If you you, you, you leave your girl, you leave your girl around me. If she bad, she's gonna get stuck. Come on, bro. I can't even leave you around my girl. They, I mean, funny. And this is just a testament to their lyricism. This is what all their music is about. <laughs> Smoking your weed, fucking your girl. It's actually really hilarious. Uh, then you have, I mean, again, iconic verse, iconic song. This this song, I, I don't think it hit number one on Billboard, but I know it hit number one on hip-hop charts. Um, went platinum, all that. Mm-hmm. This is one of their best songs ever. I mean, it, it's, it's not the prototypical 3-6 Mafia song. I would say it's probably their most mainstream song they've ever done, but they yep. knew the moment. To me, and when they made this song, they they understood the moment, and they got people like Eight Ball and MJG and Young Buck, some of their biggest placements, highest placements at the time. Yeah, and, and maybe not Buck because he was he did Stunt One on One, which I'm sure was really popular, but um, just just a, just a crazy song. Like, and the beat, I think that's one thing that I really love about this is the production of this song. It's not the it's not the typical three six kind of production. Yeah. I mean, it is in a sense if you know there's discography, but it's not mm-hmm. like super high energy crunk. Right. It's like it's down yeah, it's like, yeah yeah it's like some rider music damn near yeah. um it hit number three on the rap charts mm-hmm. uh 13 on the hot 100 Which so it's crazy probably one of, i mean not their biggest record obviously they won a grammy or oscar for one but yeah definitely up there so we go to the next song let me chirp these fools come on man the chirp let's start let's start yeah. it off from there just cut it off of there as soon as you hear let me chirp these fools just cut it off man <laughs> let me chirp these fools Fr- listen this is an unpopular opinion. I thought French Montana's remake of this was actually pretty good. Damn, I don't remember that. Fifties, hundreds, fifties, twenties, fifties, hundreds. Uh, it's actually pretty good. I gotta go back. It was off that one album that he put out as a tax write off a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, like during COVID and shit. Yeah, during COVID, it was actually pretty good. It has Juicy on it. And, okay. And Juicy has a really good verse on it. 
Juice got weed, Juice got pills, Juice got that work on the corner cutting deals. Juice know you haters out here snitching ain't for real, so Juice got some gang niggas down for the kills. <laughs> of course, we also have the line here, a player drinking makers, marker, cranberry, yeah, cranberry vodka. vodka. Wearing a mink coat that's furry as Chewbacca, I saw your main girl and a player had to stop her. Her name wasn't Silk, but her face was a shocker. Cut the, cut the, yeah. <laughs> cut the album off at that I point. mean, that might be the only rap song ever that references uh maker's marker maker's <laughs> marker yeah. it's not bad liquor it's just some what is it like whiskey yeah it's like is it whiskey is i don't it, know i don't drink it maker's mark i'm not going to the bar and getting maker's that's mark. like some shit that. that's yeah no one drinks that <laughs> then you have project pat fresh out of prison by the way i forgot to mention this uh project pat had just got out when it when his album came out so they mm. had managed to squeeze him into the album last minute he does, he's also on the State Fly remakes. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. If you boys got beef, we can roll with it. In the club or the street, we can go with it. If you, it don't make me none. Blow for blow with it. Crack his head with a gun. I'm a show split it. I'm a show split it. I'm a show split it. Bro, if you're not from the South, you're like, what the <laughs> fuck did he just say? <laughs> it's so it's so coded. A lot of his album is still really coded in mm-hmm. Southern like slang, which I, I appreciate because at how big they were in the mainstream, they're still talking like, you know, Memphis niggas. Like they're they're still keeping it real. And I respect that about this album a lot, especially on this song. Yeah. No, I think, you know, it they always stayed authentic to who they were. Yeah. And I think, you know, for them especially, it's just hard to stray away from that. Like um, this album was definitely the more mainstream album mm-hmm. of the of their bunch, but it was still very much Memphis three six shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, DJ Paul, he's trying to be a lyrical miracle on this whole album. And <laughs> you think I'm, so? I'm gonna tell you, like, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, like, I don't think I like it as much. I would have liked it if him just to just take it down. I feel, I feel like he knew the moment too, but he was like, I want to show these niggas that I've been, I've been rapping for a while. And I was yeah. like, you weren't really known for that, bro. Like, you was good, but she wasn't like Lord. You know what I mean? Like, Lord was kind of the one. These hydro shock bullets mushroom in your brain. Ruin your brain. <laughs> like, that don't I'm put like, an image in I'm like, <laughs> like what? The 357 like, titanium Smith and West. Must <laughs> be deep as hell and prepared to bust. Come on, man. <laughs> the best verse on here is, is Crunchy Black. I'm, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to say this for a lot of the songs. No, Crunchy Black had the... I mean, he had the best verse on a lot of this shit. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. My hood is real, nigga. My hood is fake. Ain't fake. My hood is home, nigga. Everything straight. My hood will rob you with masks on their face. on their face. My hood would do it to put food on their plate. My hood, they tell you, dog, they want to jump food. My hood, they hang together. They all jump you. And if you don't believe me, then come to my hood and you will see that it ain't all good. Ain't all good if your boys got beef. And you know what's a big theme about this song? Especially this song as well as the rest of the album. Car test, whip test, hall of fame. Get ready to shatter your windows if you are going to play this in the car for the first time. Next song, Don't Violate. Yep. You're fucking, bruh, your speakers is jumping out the fucking trunk, bruh. How many, how many talk that shit? Three, three, six. Again, three, three, six being self-referential to themselves. Like, they do this all throughout the album. Uh, I mean, even even, um, Roll With It has the Who who Run It. Who Run It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that to me is my favorite part because it's like, yo, they managed to find another home for the Who Run It part. And that's why I asked earlier, who picks the parts where it's like, okay, Let's put who run it right here. Like it takes some devious minds to be like, let's take this instrumental from bring 19, it back exactly from two thousand and put it into this song. Like it, it's it's crazy how they do this. Don't violate features Fraser Boy, but not my favorite. Listen, I'm I'm probably putting Lil White over Fraser Boy. Ooh. Hey man, I don't know. If I'm doing Lil that. White doesn't. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of disrespectful. Y'all that wasn't fucking with. I got that drink. I got that drink was pretty like, huge to me. I, I was about to say Fraser Boy has like some that. shit. 
I like I like water. I like I got that drink. But as far as albums, man, I feel like I feel like Lil White probably got them. I, 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 you can I, fuck I, with the me being me cover him him passing the piece of himself. <laughs> he pointed the gun at himself. He like this. iconic. That's an iconic cover. <laughs> me being me being me is That's so a crazy. Very iconic cover. <laughs> oh, hey, when we do this, you gotta put the. We make a clip of this. You gotta put it on the screen. The me being me cover. <laughs> like hilarious. He wore like an orange. Like is it like a Marlins like jersey with a hat? That was another big thing too. Niggas would wear the full team fit back in the day. Oh yeah, they the wore the forty niners hat, forty niners jersey, forty niners pants, like. You got to be full, like, team down, bro. Uh, so, so DJ Paul talking about people. Uh, now, niggas, man, they try to copy the 3-6, but they too sloppy. Stop trying to be lyrical miracle, brother. This this DJ Paul, to me, is trying too hard on his album. Like, I love He's got to make Paul. up. There used to be nine niggas on the album. There's three now. <laughs> what did you feel about Frazier Boy's verse on this? I, I fuck with Frazier Boy's voice. That's the thing. I like Frazier Boy because he was like, a fake project pat almost <laughs> like just the way he kind of came across his voice the way he just what he stood for so i was like always looked at him as a little pat and he was a good um it's a good balance to what what three six was doing where this shit was so chanty he was just like coming in rapping for yeah. frazier boy said he's gonna leave your ass in the past like nintendo on this one i said okay buddy let's, <laughs> let's do it uh then we have swerving Coming up next, this is their uh, "Hey Houston is hot right now." Yeah, let's just grab the hottest people. They they again once again so referential. They took the they took the uh, the verse Mike Jones verse from uh, uh, was it I got that drink which was a mm-hmm. Frazier Boy song. Put it on this song. That song had come out maybe six months before this, and, yep. and they were already self referential to that song. Get high, ride, whip, swerve inside the side. Short, short. Get high rides with his wherever side to side. That beat, say, oh my god, s- screwed up a little bit. Yeah, the whole the whole record pretty much just slowed down a bit. Um, yeah, it was like Houston's having a moment. We're gonna join in on that. Yeah, but it also showed their versatility. It's like we can do this too. Like mm-hmm. if Houston's having a moment, we can show you we got this type of production. Yeah, and they, and we've been doing it too. Yeah, and, and also obsession with 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 syrup around the 20, 20, 2011 ish. Everyone was sipping syrup at that point. Every it was back, yeah, full force. I mean, that <laughs> was like great. the beginning of it. I feel like for a lot of people, where you know, like that, they were like the purveyors of syrup sipping, and like on the mainstream at least, they yeah. had sipping on some syrup. That was a yeah. big mo- moment for that that culture. Um, and this has continued on with it, but I think it's just interesting to see like that was the beginning of what we see now, where it's like it's everywhere. Yeah, I was just looking at um. One of my favorite Corridos band, um, Fruez Rigadel. Uh-huh. They sip syrup. Oh my they god! They like got in the back. They backstage. What's I'm the, like, what's the good syrup now? Uh, walk, walk hard. Yeah, walk, walk hard. hard is like the one. Tris. Tris. This is okay. a couple of different brands. What did Yachty just say on the drink album? He said, "Uh, I'll, I'll support the ops before I before I sip green or something like that." <laughs> oh yeah, green. I, w- I would never sip green. That shit look like snot. <laughs> Oh man, Crunchy Black once again MVP of the song. You got me leading to the right. You got me leading to the left. Mm-hmm. I done sip so much, sir. Man, I think I need some help. He's he's killing it. Yeah, throughout this whole shit, bro. Like even when we get this, when we get the side to side. We we got to have a conversation about how this man ripped this 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 uh song up. But knock the black off your ass. This is the Bernie Mac song right here. I said, I would don't, don't violate the Bernie Mac song too. It's a lot of little. The intro <laughs> to that is hilarious. He's like. Uh well don't violate the intro he talks about um uh bitches being uh niggas in hoes yeah but then he goes <laughs> to the hook and it's like don't violate me ho like it's just like damn is it bitches and hoes or is it like who's who 
So, but yeah, knock the block off, your, knock the block off your ass. Definitely hard ass beginning. Yes, with the collect call. Mm-hmm. Yep, because it 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 woke it kind of introduces Pat again. They were really because Pat people don't understand Pat was supposed to be their one. That was like their like Joel Santana. That was supposed mm-hmm. to be like their uh, who, who's like another kind of like juvenile. Juvenile. He's yeah. To, yeah, he's supposed to be the one that propelled the label to the next yeah like the next phase. Uh, ain't no bitch in my blood, nigga. Is nothing but thug. <laughs> ain't no bitch in my blood, nigga. Is nothing but thug. I knocked the black off your ass. I knocked the black off your ass. Uh, the main nigga on the block wears hot talking shit with me and the main motherfucker somewhere dead in a ditch. Nope, nope. Project nope, nope. Pat murdered this. <laughs> you can cut this shit off after yeah. his part because there's, there's no song left after Project Pat comes on this song, bro. Like, he was back, yo. He was back. A lot of people were upset at the time because his voice was different. And I was like, yeah. he sounded old. I'm like, yeah, he got older, nigga. Like, he been what do you in jail. Mean? Yeah. yeah, like, he got older. His flow was a lot more. Uh, kind of developed. I think. I think he he did a lot of maybe probably practicing and, and just kind of playing around this flow while he was in jail. And I again, you want to talk about fucking lyrical miracle? Is this motherfucker right here? Like, <laughs> let's talk about the lineage of Project Pat. He's still being respected today. Yep. Offset respects the shit out of this guy. That fan song on the new album. This he pretty much takes Project Pat's uh, one of Project Pat's songs from Giddy Green and remakes it. Yep. <laughs> on mm-hmm. fan, I'm like, I'm like, yo, that's that's real respect right there. Yeah. No. I mean, Project Pat, one of the first. Uh, rap styles to come out of the South and be respected and replicated by yep. other regions and other people. Um, always just unique in the way he rapped, and I think it's something that's never left the, mm-hmm. the rap lexicon at this point. What do you think about the Migo? I mean, staying on Offset Migos, they a lot of people attributed that they stole their flow from Three Six. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that double time, triple time flow that they mm-hmm. do is absolutely a Three Six flow. Um, they brought it back and brought it back over more current beats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why people calling it refer to it as Amigos flow. And you see like Drake and, and other people being influenced by it and, and yeah. taking it. Um, but yeah, Amigos definitely uh, lend a lot of their just style to, to um, three, six mafia. Uh, you also have uh Drake knife talk, which, which is kind of like the mm-hmm. most recent part. He actually had project Pat in the video, which I always, I thought yeah. was dope, but Drake has like ties in Memphis. So I, I, I could see him, yeah. like, you know, obviously paying respect to that, but Project mm-hmm. Pat, I think one of our most underrated, like not only just lyricists, but artists just just in the game. Like yeah. I, I think that I, I'm still upset that, I, you know, he never really got a chance. And, and I think jail really hindered that for him because yeah. uh, Chickenhead is one of my favorite fucking songs of all time. That's that's a that, that is a prototypical 90s, 2000s classic. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? absolutely. And it, I look at like a guy like 21 Savage, his whole career is mm-hmm. kind of built off of project pat yeah. memphis sound uh just that whole darkness of it all but still being um rap accept- acceptable i yeah. think he does that really well um but yeah if you look at you know 21 throughout his whole career it's really just some like dark memphis shit mm-hmm. for the most yeah, part absolutely. especially early on yeah and you, br- and, you, and you bring up 21 too you know his ties of how he was influenced by gucci gucci has said numerous times it's for him it's been master p and it's been project pat, project pat. as far mm-hmm. as those that have influenced him to rap so you know the 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 lineage and the trees have always been so connected on how influential project pat has been and the project pat had a tiktok moment She's a freaky young oh, girl yeah. loved by sexual. I'm like, why, why are yeah. white girls dancing? There's another song in this on this album that uh, had a TikTok moment as well. Uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get there. But Juicy J on "Knock the Black Off Your Ass," Thirty G's of Gucci, thrown in the river, splitting with your nigga, he'll probably ride with us is the greenest line I've ever <laughs> heard. <laughs> like, God damn, bro. Uh, you had DJ Paul once again. 
I think they better call Bush because it's a national disaster when I <laughs> unleash my pistol grip, Bushmaster, ring the alarm. I got double drums, 100 rounds, spitter. You can't hide, you can't run. I'm a sniper riding in a blue Chevy, a trunk full of guns because your hoes ain't ready. Kill a bitch on, like man. Freddy in the bed, in pajamas in the middle of the night. Wake him up, red sights. He's really I'm violent on this album. Yeah. Coming up, Paul, man. I fuck with you. He's my favorite member. He tried too hard here. I, li- I-, I like DJ Paul Unbreakables. DJ Paul. He, he kind of was just like, okay. yo, I'm going to let my everybody else shine. He mm. just kind of here yeah. being like, I'm just the rapper. There. I'm the rapper. <laughs> Three, six, my I'm like, bro, you were never the rapper, man. And then we get to kind of the hit version, of like the hit section of this album. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, a bunch of hits back to back on here. Popping my collar. This was a song. Wasn't it an entourage? I think I think they listened to it, an entourage or some shit. It might have been. The video was, was classic. It had a, a bunch of cameos in the video. Uh, popping my collar. Uh, Really short song. I really like when they do kind of these kind of intro, like not intro, like interlude. It's kind of like an interlude more than a song, really, because it's, it's only like a minute long. Uh, the chorus, of course, legendary chorus. There, there's so many good choruses on here. I mean, it, it, it was, again, like a pimping anthem. You had, uh, you, what, what's the guy's name? Um, Kingpin, play a fly or some shit like that. Like he, he's doing the chorus on here. Uh, ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar. That, this was a song that was actually from Choices 2, and they yep. repurposed it as well. Again, uh and again crunchy black bro she's just another hoe that i met in the hood i told her i was crunchy black and it was all good that's yeah. all it takes <laughs> that's all it takes in memphis at least <laughs> i remember this being big on 106 this was one of the bigger videos that i i mean stay stay high obviously got a lot of love but i remember popping my collar doing some pretty good uh pretty good work on 106 and when they dropped the remix with pat i think they took mr big off and put pat on on the remix and that was the one that made the video Yep, it yep. was the, the 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 Project Pat version was because again they were trying they were like we want to try it again. Kanye West was in this video actually. Now yeah, I think he about was it. The, yep, he was in the video which which was a precursor to the next song. Uh, we got actually we got, we got a question from our our patrons about uh our our, our thoughts on this next song. But popping my collar, amazing song. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't skipped the song yet. It's coming though. It's funny though, but popping my collar very much another one of their biggest songs, but wasn't really in the crunk vein. Mm-hmm. And it showed that like, they just have versatility. Um, Willie Hutch sample here too. Yep. Once again, um, from the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they were really like, they were showing their versatility with this album and also showing that like, we're producers. Like yes. we're not just making this crunk hard hidden shit that you yes. guys know us for. We can kind of smooth it out and, and become hits. Understanding the moment. And, and I think that's like the biggest thing of, of, of this album. Uh, Before you get to side to side, don't forget hard hitters. I know I had I you okay. know what I forget side to side or I forget hard hitters because I skip it. Huh. Yeah, that's, your, that's, your one, that that's first, your first skip. Hard hitters is the first skip, bro. I'm like, okay. I, I get it. I I I like the you can't touch me. Stand back. No, like that was <laughs> funny as shit. I I like the Jeezy version of this better. Wait, this is Jeezy version. There there Jeezy uh, freestyles over this. I think. Oh and, shit. Um, I think he does it on Camp Band, right? Oh, you know what he does. Yeah, he, he does. He yeah, does. He, Yes. He, um, he freestyles over this song. Yep. Can't ban the snowman towards yep. the end. It's this. I like the, the Jeezy version. I'm I'm mad Jeezy and Three Six never linked up more because he seemed to be a really big fan of them. Because he every time they put out something, he would always go freestyle over it on one yeah. of his tapes. Like he seemed to be a really big fan of them, and he did the hard hit his uh, freestyle on Can't Can't Ban the Snowman thing that came out like what uh, early '06. Yeah, and yeah. um, I think this is a, a better version of this song. You know what happened is that like. It started to. They, I think as 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 good as the courses are, they they start to run into each other, and I think the hard hitters was done better with uh fucking um earlier in the album. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? This is just like, because th- there's no more real songs that are like this on the album for the rest of the album. So it's just like, they could have cut this one off, I, I thought. I, I thought this, I, I felt like Popping My Collar into Side to Side is the best rotation there. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, I think in this whole album is that like the showcase for their label and just what they had going for it. So they had Boogeyman on this record. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, hey, we got we to gotta throw our artists on here somewhere. So this is the one. Fucking Boogeyman. Boogeyman, ah! That's what she says about him on the outro. Oh, my God. I mean, Boogeyman is... And Boogeyman is also just whatever to me. Like, I, I, I he was never... I honestly never given a chance to get his get bigger than he really was. Uh, I think Paul and Juicy just kind of focused on themselves after this album and you know there there was never that clamoring for a Boogie Mane album. His name was Boogie Mane, yo. Like there, there wasn't there was no one clamoring for Boogie Mane, but I thought Don't Violate was the better version of Hard Hitter, so I always skip it. Huh, that's a good point. And even when I, you know, even when I would do the Apple Music shit back in the day, the iTunes shit, it was not on my version of mm. uh Most Known Unknown. Yeah. To side to side, we had a question about this before we get into the song. Uh, Mark, what was the question that, that came up on our Patreon? Shout out to Van. Van tapped into our Patreon. Of course, if you have the Patreon app, you can always tap into our Black Print chat. Uh, we literally have a chat room now, almost like a Discord type of chat that you can tap in and talk to us at any point in time. Van dropped something in the chat. He said, uh, Question for you guys today on Throw Blacks. What is the better remix of Side to Side? Is it the Kanye West remix or is it the Bow Wow remix? Man, um, <laughs> shit, I'll kick it off. Both are very, very good. You gotta think this Bow Wow verse came in his era where he was like starting to rap. Where he this was, was like the freshest album in his he area. Was T.I. Yeah, was was T.I. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but he was getting off. He got off in his era. I was like, oh shit, this ain't Bow Wow really rapping. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm biased. I was a big Kanye fan at this time. That was the moment. And I will absolutely say that Kanye's version was better. Um, he switched the beat up. Yep. Uh, which was dope. The beat, I like the little remix beat that he did a little bit better than the wow. regular side to side. Um, I think it had just a little more swing to it. And just the shit he was talking. Like, it felt very much like, I think he talked about like being at the VMAs or the yeah. Grammys. Yeah. It, remember, the uh, late registration had just come out. Yeah, so it's like, this is my talk to my shit verse. Mm-hmm. And he got off. I think, I, I wish his verse was a little bit longer. I think yeah. they all had like 12 bars or so. This, this all, this, I mean, I think both these remixes were literally, let's capture the moment right now. 11th hour verses mm-hmm. like we we need these verses right now because they come out they came out with a special edition of the album that came out like a couple weeks after but I, Kanye's verse is probably better to me too yeah. is probably, probably the, I, th- I think the video had just Bow Wow right yeah the video was Bow Wow the video yeah, was just yeah, yeah. Bow Wow because I guess Kanye couldn't make it to, to the shoot but it was it's always cool that Kanye actually did it in general from where he mm-hmm. was at that time he was the yeah. biggest artist in the world at that time yeah yeah now did Kanye and, and, and 3-6 have another song together no, I don't think they did. Okay. I don't think they did. No. I, I think Kanye just kind of paid homage to, of course, Houston, pay homage to Memphis there. I think everyone at that at that point in the industry was just showing 3-6 and giving them their flowers. And you see that on this album, and you see that on the rollout, and you see that on the promotion of this album, and how so many people kind of showed up for them. Like, Kanye didn't have to do this. Like, he was... The, he was surging at this yeah. point. This, this was only a month after late registration, and he was still doing stuff with 3-6 Mafia. So really, really cool moment for them, too. Um, side to Side is a dance fo- a dance song for my niggas in the club that don't dance. Just be in the back, arms folded, blood in the mouth. 
cap pulled down, just scoping everything. It's Watch, funny watching you haters. The <laughs> intro is funny, and then having Kanye West come on it. It's like, it ain't really that. It ain't Bow Wow. Both of them. It's like, this ain't, this ain't the song y'all should be on. Y'all should have been on Stay Fly or Pop of My Collar. Video was dope. Video had, uh, had um, uh, Stevie Williams in it. Uh, oh, yeah, because it was. Yeah, this is the GGK era. Yeah. They, wow. Really dope video. Like, again, showing love to just a bunch of people that were doing Fringe, subculture, it. alternative rap. Exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was it was a dope video. Um, twisting my body from side to side. I'm just twisted. It was just this. Yeah. Also, lean back had come out a, uh, a year before this. Yeah. Everybody so, needed a lean back. Like and everybody needed a lean back in 05. <laughs> this oh was the Memphis lean back. Uh, this this song was actually a hit. Like I was yeah. at the stats. I was like, people really fucking love this song. So this is what two, three hits from this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, ho, I don't dance. I'm in a city in, in a city where I'm from. I wear the pants. These bitches think they're cool. <laughs> cool. I got, I got the dick, so I make the rules. I make the it's, rules. It's crazy. All right? Wow. It's, I don't think you can say this in 2023. I like a big old, what do you say? I like a, with a big old bra. She loves sucking up. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> I don't even finish that line. You shouldn't be saying that. That's why I'm surprised y'all didn't pick Bow Wow. He came under, walk up in the club and ask these hoes what they hitting for. You know I got the stacks on deck. If I hit a get, I'm a did in best deck. Yeah, he, he got off. He, he did. He got off on this. He I did. think uh, Jay Quan might have wrote that verse. <laughs> no. Jay Quan. <laughs> he wrote the verse for Fresh and Oh, he wrote the hook. No, well, he wrote the hook. T.I. wrote the verse. Oh, okay. Yeah, T.I. T.I. was... Listen, the TI folder was was full of, of Bow Wow hits, all right? And he he gave him a whole lot of hits. Uh I actually thought Juicy J, if you're not counting the 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 remixes, I thought Juicy J had the best verse on here. I okay. thought you knew I was the main D boy off the chain, go and walk up to a girl till a bitch I'm Rick James. Had only happened a year before this. Again, <laughs> <Yep>. shit. <laughs> refer- like literally, they're referencing shit that was only six. Watching seven TV months old. all fucking day. <laughs> exactly, yo. Comedy raps, man. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. This nigga's Kings. They literally Bernie Mac. Any rap, any comedian that ever Cat Williams, yeah, would have fit in perfectly in this group. <laughs> Perfectly. Cat Williams can rap too. I know. That's why I said Cat Williams. He fit perfectly in this group. He was already wearing a dipset chain. I don't know if yeah, he wear a, a hypnotized camp chain. All of that shit, bro. But side to side, another class. I mean, what, what more to say? Like that's that's a classic. Next song, half on the sack. Hey nigga, get your weed, get your blow, get your drink together, cause we about to get high. Oh, gosh. This song had a TikTok moment. Really? Did you hear it? Uh, the Juicy J's verse. Uh, Noah's all runny. Find a snow bun. Uh, find a snow bunny. Take it to the crib. Take it to the crib. Make her drink. Uh, yeah, that whole that whole. First <laughs> I missed eight that. Bars. I missed that. TikTok it was moment. the it was the penguins. It was the penguins. Yeah. Oh, the penguins you're shit. right. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. I did see that the it, penguins dancing. And I was like, bro, why this verse though? It would be old ladies, flight yeah. attendants. Doing it with the maker drink cummy. I seen it. Maybe three six bumpy wild on tour, whipping these niggas and fucking these and they hitting the dance. I'm like, this is a kind of a crazy verse to dance to, but I'll let y'all rock. But why this song with this moment? Like who thought of it? And again, it goes back to what we said. This being their most mainstream song, people could go back and be like, yo, I remember that remember that old three six album from two thousand and five? Yeah. Damn, what happened to them niggas? Like it, it, like this is their mainstream moment and it had a TikTok moment, and I was like literally scratching my. Because again, most no unknown is not the first three six album I think of when I think of like their best, but it is you know a, a really great album. But when I heard it, I was like, "What album is this from?" I was I couldn't I couldn't breach it. And then like one day I was listening to, it, I was like, "Oh, this is the fucking TikTok song." Yep. And there it is. It's from Most No Unknowns. That's and crazy. 
it half on a snap, uh, half also half on a sack or on some blow. Why is this? <laughs> why why this? But also going back to three sixes, old druggy uh, druggy anthems. Of course, Gangsta Boo said that Juicy J was not doing any of this. So we'll we'll see. DJ Paul, I believe it. Oh man, I absolutely believe DJ Paul was doing these drugs. Uh, Crunchy Black again. What your boys doing with that weed? Where your boys going with that shit? Begging like a little kid, get you know, me a little bit. I'm like, yo, you're a fiend, brother. Slow down. <laughs> that nigga was begging for the for the for the blow, dog. Come on, man, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Half of the side, great song. Uh, we get another skit again. Selling. Yeah, LinkedIn. Selling. Uh, 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 new boogeyman album, boogeyman. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, then we get into when I pull up at the club. This is the party, like mainstream section yeah. of the album where all of the, 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 uh, the guests are. When I pull up at the club again, choices to repurpose chorus, uh, Paul, Wall on it. Paul Wall's on it. Uh, when I pull up at the club, look at so, those so clean, seven, seven cut dog, painted lime green. Today I'm married and my wife don't play. If you want me to treat you ugly, bitch, you gotta pay. What, what what a woman would you ever let a woman pay you to have sex with her? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I wish that was more common, honestly. Oh man, can it be the roles that pull out these hoes, or could it be my Cadillac with twenty inch Vogues? Could it be my mansion in Memphis Jacuzzi, or could it be my crib on Florida at the beach? DJ Paul's in his bag here. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, he he was he was killing that shit. The beat is fire to me. The, the beat, beat's fire. The beat is so fire. <laughs> I like this song a lot. Um, I feel like Mr. Big probably had the best verse on here. Mr. Big definitely had the best verse on here. Yeah. Mr. Big was 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 an awesome rapper. I wonder what he's doing now. Mm. Um, I, he, he was. I I don't think they signed him. I just think that he was kind of just yeah. tangentially next to part of the clique. Yeah, part of the clique. But um, I used to have. I always wonder why my girls have fits when I walk up in the mall. They be looking at me pissed. Maybe because I'm a ball ride, eight, riding eight or nine whips, and my name is UCJ, and I ain't paying no bitch. Come on, nah. Big theme, early 2000s. How, no how'd payments. You about, how'd, you, how'd you feel about this song, MC? Uh, it was all right. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a skip. I think the next three songs end up being really strong. That you know, when I pull up at the club, ends up taking a little bit of a backseat to these next three. But it was a good yeah. song. So let's get to the next song, bro. Violator, I think another Violator connection here. Mm. Remy Ma on Pussy Got You Hooked. Uh, song for the ladies. Song for the ladies. <laughs> they say we never do one for the ladies. <laughs> Talk about I how these like, ladies had these dudes sold up. Sold up. <laughs> oh, a lot of dudes fall in the game. It's going down. It's always going down. That's, how you, know, that's how you know DJ Paul, an old nigga, because it's always going down. <laughs> it's like, that's like the real DJ talk. Uh, Remy Ma uh, talking about ass eating. Mm-hmm. Early, uh, early, 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 controversial, controversial, early two thousands Asians. Whoa, early. I was like, sure. wait, what? In two thousand five, niggas eating niggas have tongues and asses. I was like, yo, she was hyping us up to some some different shit at oh that time, God. bro. But uh, pussy got you hooked. I thought this should have been a bigger song. That's a really good. Song. I mean, it's, I think the hook kind of barred it, but the beat yeah. was fire. <laughs> Wormy had a great verse on here. It could have been Cookie got you hooked. Yeah, they could have. Kitty got you hooked? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I love the I love the beat. The violin. It's like a it's like a early 2000s. I don't remember yeah. if it's an Atlanta group. Uh I can't remember what the what the army group was, but the so, violin, amazing. I, I it's good that we're talking about this on this song because I want to talk about the samples throughout uh Most No Unknown. There's a lot of uncredited samples on the on here. Oh yeah. That to this day have not been credited. I'm not trying to blow up their spot. I don't even know if it matters anymore. Rumor has it this song actually samples Thong Song. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? I can hear that a little bit. 
So thong they, song. Thong song. The first opening. Yeah. Stabs of the violin. They they toned it down so that it's unrecognizable, and then flipped it to a way where you can't tell it's a thong song. Think about it. Just listen to the thong song and then listen to Pussy Got Your. I can hear that. Yeah. There's a lot of uncredited because the it, it it used to be very overt back when they were underground and they didn't have to clear the samples. It's it's why a lot of the songs that like a lot of Juicy J's mixtapes are now on um streaming uncredited. But I don't think I think that the statue of limitations must have ran out or some shit. Like I'm, look, I'm looking online right now. It says co-ed roll with me. Am I it's sample I, that? I, I think that that's a vo- I think I think it might be the chorus. I think uh, it's a sample. But okay. the the um because you know they do a lot of vocal. Yeah. A lot of or they might have interpolated the the chorus of that one. I saw that one too. Um. So they think that this one sample thong song. Another song uh, when we get the body parts, I'll tell you about that one. That one's crazy too because that one actually is credited. Um. But they think that Roll With It from earlier in the album was sampled from a Zales Diamond commercial. Oh, shit. So, like, the, uh, someone, it, and I could not find, because Memphis Rap had a forum that I used to frequent all the time just to kind of learn about the, the yeah. Memphis beefs and shit. They had a list with proof of all the samples that the site is gone. Damn. I can't find it anymore. They said, Most No Unknown probably has the most uncredited samples of anything that 36 Mafia has ever done. Possibly, a lot of people were, were theorizing that they did that just so that they could get the album out as quick as possible and they didn't have to go through sample clearance. Yeah. But I, I like, I love this song though. Pussy Got You Hooked is great. Don't you get mad? Once again, they love <laughs> Mr. Big, yo. Yeah, they yeah. Love I think he was on here what four Twice? times. He's on four? here four times. Yeah, oh, shit. he's on here four times. He's on uh, Popping My Collar too. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, Don't You Get Mad is great. Lil Flip returns from the mm-hmm. breakup. They love yep. look them and Lil Flip. They got great chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. They have really good chemistry. Uh, but I got to say again, Crunchy Black, he put up 40 on this shit. Oh, man. I pull up clean in my black fucking truck. My rim's still spinning so you know I'm cutting up. <laughs> this motherfucker, he understood the moment, man. He really understood the moment. You talk about you can't rap. It's not about the, the rapping or the lyrical part. It's about the feeling. Yeah. And I think Crunchy Black really gets you turned up throughout this album when every single verse he's on, he's constantly bringing it. Yeah, no, nah, Crunchy Black... Uh... I, this was his his this is probably his best album yeah. from them. Like mm-hmm. I think the other albums he was just kind of complimentary, but this one he kind of had to step up to the plate and he, he knocked it out. Yeah, cause especially in the absence of Lore Infamous, of mm-hmm. course Gangsta Boo's been gone for a couple of years. Coops the nigga, who knows? That nigga was probably at Publix at this point. This nigga was nowhere. Chill. He was he was gone at this point. I think he actually passed away though, which that actually might be disrespectful. Don't cut this though. It's fine. God bless the dead. God bless yeah, the God dead. God bless the dead. God bless the dead. But this this is another Willie Hut sample. Mm-hmm. Same soundtrack. <laughs> uh, the the comp the 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 connection between Willie Hutch and Three Six Mafia I think is just so legendary, and I'm glad that that he actually fucks with them. Like it, even on Project Pat's album, if y'all remember the Choose You, yep. he had that Project Pat had that beat first. But on mm-hmm. the original beat for that is Willie is like, yo, it's Willie Hutch, the Mac. I'm kicking it here with three six. I'm like, yeah. yo, that was like one of the illest drops that you could ever get from a legend like Willie, like like uh, Willie Hutch. Oh damn, I didn't know that. I didn't know Willie Hutch passed September 19, thousand five, about a week before the album dropped. Yep, that's sad. oh shit, yep. I didn't know that. Which made the which made the samples for this way more, you know, iconic. Yeah, just, way more iconic. Yeah. And and again, a year like two years from from this album, you get International Players Anthem, which. Yep. The, the you know put Willie Hutch right back into uh, the mm-hmm. stratosphere again. Um, Lil Flip to me was superfluous. I didn't. Th- I don't think we needed him here though. 
I, I, I didn't mind this verse here. I think it was. Hey, you better have a money in my hand, ho. I'm like, why are you coming? It was hard. To, like that? It was hard they, to listen to flipping 05. It was just tough. <laughs> why? Oh, because it's the Ti shit. Ti shit, man. After after hearing uh, after hearing Flip say Scarface told me I'm the king of the South, and Ti said, "Pussy nigga, shut the fuck up. I'm cool with Face. He mean he know that you a sucker." I said, "I I can't listen to no more." Flip, Can I be man. real? I thought I thought Face was a sucker for that phone call shit. Man, man. I mean, I thought Ti was a sucker because he recorded it. Yeah, like I and, and Ti was a sucker for recording it. Face was a sucker for like being like I'm cool with it, like for saying like yeah you you because this thing out. was nigga I'm not I'm Scarface I'm old as fuck already yeah I don't give a fuck who the king of the south is I'm trying to get paid <laughs> yeah you gonna give me a verse ci yeah. for sure <laughs> like I think that's what it was more than anything uh, I didn't like I mean at the time I loved it because ti was just going hard but yeah but I, I enjoyed both sides of that beef I thought it was like interesting like they both were going back and forth ti just ultimately okay so crushed them. who got beat up at the Cloverland car wash. I heard it was. There's cool. no story. footage of that. Who's story? I need Who's the footage story of the I believe. I don't know. It's in, it happened in Houston, so I want to believe that Ti got beat up. Yeah, but the story the story goes that Ti beat up Lil Flip's camp, their whole camp. Ti was real heavy at the at the time, though. This is before Alpha Mega. Yeah. Is that one of the craziest stories you've ever fucking heard? Alpha Mega. T.I. was rolling with a snitch. The whole, like a federal, like literal federal informant while he was doing all then this. Then T.I. went and got off of the gun case. So nothing blows my mind <laughs> at this point. Shout Alpha Mega had a good verse. Up. Alpha Mega had a good verse on Hurt. Hurt was like his his hmm. uh his coming out, but also like again stabbing niggas with forks was also his coming out party. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> like that that was also that picture of him like looking like the Incredible Hulk with his eyes all open and shit. <laughs> Legendary, crazy. Like, yo, rap isn't like that no more, man. Like just think of all the crazy shit that happened from two thousand four to two thousand seven. Like it's a good reason why. So this shit was just wild, <laughs> wild, wild west. Wild west at that point, yo. Niggas was just wilding. But uh, let's get to body parts three. This is your your posse cut. Your mm-hmm. uh, you have you have everybody there: Crunchy Black, Boogie Man, Fraser Boy, Lil White, Chrome, Granddaddy South, uh, Juicy J, Project Pat, DJ Paul, all of it. This song samples Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Hilarious! Another song that was brought back from like a past album too, I believe. Yeah, body parts was yeah. uh was uh kill him and rob him and beat him and dumped all his body parts into my trunk. I think it's from. Mystic Styles? Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be from Mystic Styles. Hold on. Let me let me look that up real quick. Let me let me peep. As you it. as you go ahead and look that up, your favorite posse record. I believe you had confirmed that's the one from Choices. The first choices, right? Yes. My favorite three six pop posse record was uh they they're all called Posse Song. Yeah. <laughs> so uh <laughs> like literally all of them are called Posse Song. Again, Posse, who's using fucking Posse? Uh it samples the child's play theme. Um, I think Lil, Lil Chat has the first verse. Her and Gangsta Boo are going back and forth like yep. Jaden Styles. Lil Chat with the Mac, the other queen of Memphis. Uh, now we got two bumping bitches in the club. Posted up eight hundred thousand, eight hundred dollar bottles. Uh, take the glass, fuck the glass, nigga. Uh, hold the bottle up, drink it out the bottle, some shit like that. One of my favorite posse songs of all time. DJ Paul's crazy on it. I think everybody went crazy on that song. It used to scare me when I was a kid. Oh, shit. It, I was scared of Chucky. So yeah. it, it was the Chucky. I was like, oh, this is the Chucky theme. And I knew it. Turn that shit off. I turned that shit the fuck <laughs> off. I couldn't, I couldn't do it until I was much older. But uh, I, I can't find where it, where it was. It was from the first Body Parts, obviously. But uh, Body Parts 1, I think, was on either World Domination or it was on Mystic Styles. They, they brought it back again, respecting their own history. I think... A lot, which is honestly kind of cool. I think Future is like the last rapper I can remember respecting his own history on The Wizard. 
he brings back a lot of his old verses, a lot of his old beats, a lot of his old lines on there. Yep. You got people saying, you were the first nigga with a, first, with a bust out. Like, yeah. It was future. Wizard was future respecting his own history. 3-6 definitely did this first from what I can remember by saying, okay, this is what we brought to the game. These are our old verses. We don't even got to make new songs, nigga. We're just taking Frankenstein and exactly. <laughs> shit from shit that we've done before. So yep. y'all guys can get caught up. And that's why I love like this Posse song as well. Yeah, it was a uh, chapter one was on the end. Yeah. So yeah. our body parts one was on chapter one, the end. Yeah. And then body parts two was on world domination. There we go. Yeah, I, I knew I knew uh, there was a body parts on world domination. I just didn't know if it was part one or not. Yeah. But again, you have sequels to songs. These niggas was crazy. Uh, what was your first, your, your favorite verse off of this? I'm gonna go ahead and start. Juicy J is my favorite verse on Body Parts Three. Um, that's a hard one, honestly. It's funny because you don't really like this guy, but I think Fresh Boy came through on this one. I think he was a Fraser boy with the toy. He always come yeah. on with the weird, with the weird voice. It's man. just a good respite to all the other sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, he was like more of the hustler type, like closer to. Project Pat and you know whatever what was going on on the other side of Memphis. Yeah, and and you know Juicy J had the most buck part of the whole song. You can't be like me slinging D because I'm hurting you. No competition with the juice because it's Curtis. He had so many gimmicks in this verse. He had uh. the mm-hmm. He had the uh, like after this. <laughs> I was like, bro, what was he on? Like he was literally like Roger Rabbit on this whole album, like just bouncing around like a cartoon character. Yeah, Juicy J had my favorite. It's like it's, it's when the beat like kicks in. And you get like most of like the the up tempo part of the song, but yeah. he's got my favorite verse on here by far. MC, what's your favorite verse on Body Parts Three? I usually lean towards Juicy J throughout a lot of this album in general. Well, with, with Three Six mostly too as well. So I think I'll go Juicy J too. Juicy J, man, he has the kufi on on the front cover of the album. Did y'all catch that? I did. Why is he wearing a kufi? The knitted, the knitted kufi. <laughs> he is. Why is he wearing a kufi? He is. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's actually ridiculous. Why is he wearing a kufi, bro? There's no reason for him to wear a kufi. Of course, then we get uh, the uh, Three Six Mafia outro. One of the last crews, one of the last artists that ever did outros for it. Um, this outro is really great, and I think this outro is really like earnest and like really thankful for like everything that they they've been able to go through. Of course, they're selling you on all these albums. Yeah. Let me tell you this right now. A lot of times they they mention albums coming out in these outros. They never come out. Oh yeah, I mean they mentioned the movie that never came out on here. <laughs> uh, Memphis Streets. Yeah, they Memphis Streets never came the, the out. The comedy movie. That <laughs> I think the comedy movie did come out. Did it? I want to say it did. There was a bunch of shit. The uh, Cash and Checks, the DJ Paul Juicy J uh, album that they've been mm-hmm. pushing since 1997 has never come out at this point. Yeah. They said, "Oh, we gonna find some time to do Cash and Checks." They never did Cash and Checks. In fact, they did they, bring up the Crunchy Black solo album that actually did come out like a year later. It did. Yeah, it's called All My Own. Oh yeah, it did. Damn, he did it. Yeah, he it did. did come out, and then it, they they kind of tried to push him too, and it just didn't work. It was just like, nah. bro, like you're like 47, bro. Like you can't you can't have this album coming out, bro. <laughs> but that uh, came before uh, the Stay High remix, Slim Thug, Trick Daddy, and well, it came after. Excuse me, uh, Stay High. Oh remix, shit, I, 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 I'm sorry, I skipped the skip the Stay the Stay Fly remix. I don't I don't like. So oh yeah, like, with uh, Slim Thug. Yeah. Slim Thugger. Yeah. He was having a moment at this point, too. Already applied to Mary. That's what I'm saying. This album, like, Houston was having their moment. I think they were like, oh, Houston about to be the next Atlanta. Let's let's roll with it. They, I think Project Pat had the verse of the Stay Fly remix. Of course, he wasn't able to get on the first one. I'm pretty sure if he was out at the time they yeah. recorded it, he probably would have been on it. Mm-hmm. I thought his... Uh, I thought his verse on 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 body parts was was way better. They they locked me up just like Tupac and I went platinum. I said, "All right, nigga." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that like that that's the that's an epic way to come on to the verse. They let him end body parts 3. 
Then you got the Stay Fly remix. Again, yeah. understanding the moment. They said, we got to put the remix out. We still in the remix era at this point, too. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah still st- in the remix era. People were still doing remixes. Go Crazy had a remix for what? <laughs> like, why did Go Crazy have a remix? I guess to put Jay-Z on it. Yeah. Then you got the bonus songs, which Jeezy, I think, did a freestyle on damn near all of these. Uh, but got it for sale with uh, Boogie Main. Skip mm. Boogie Main. Let's Plan a Robbery. Crunchy Black. Uh, one, let's plan a robbery. Do not a skip robbery. let's plan a robbery. Do not skip let's plan a robbery. Oh, that man. bass, when you hear that uh, bass in the car, let's plan a robbery. Let's <laughs> don't blast it too loud. I can't be responsible for where you're playing it. <laughs> I like dancing on the pole, though. Dancing on the pole is cool. Like, chrome Corleone on that. Chrome Corleone is what, yeah. Chrome was on it. Chrome, the reason why Chrome couldn't, you know, be bigger than what he was is uh, he kept going to prison. Uh Kept going to prison. He, okay. he, and I think they just gave up on him. They were just like, all right, nigga. When Man, he got out the last time, it was like, they couldn't get him out anymore. Uh, ain't got time for games. Come on. Y'all, y'all know Jeezy did this one. Yeah. It, 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 this is also, is it K-Slay on this too? On the um 3-6 version? He comes on. At the, oh, yeah. He is. He, uh, K-Slay comes on at the end of the song. Yep. Again, I, I actually skipped over something. Before, before, uh, skip over. I skipped over on Body Parts 3. Uh, did y'all catch the, the DJ Paul line? Um, they say they try and play that like his love and his family, but all my marketing go- dollars going to fifty. Oh shit, fifty cent. He was talking about fifty cent. They were, I they that. were all they were all on violator. Uh, fifty was on violator at the time. Fifty obviously was. That's funny. Niggas don't even understand because violator is a management company. So how is yeah. your marketing dollars going towards fifty cent? Uh, I, I don't know because 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 the line before it is like yeah my label got a hook up with MTV but they just keep forgetting to tell him about me they try and play like his love in my in his family but all my marketing dollars going to there was I think there was might have been a lot of frustration at the time with Violator uh, and where their you know where their attention was at the time yeah. and I think Three yeah. Six definitely felt that because at the time Three Six signed into Violator which at the time was like a primarily New York based outfit yeah um with Fifty Cent on there with uh, Remy Ma I think a lot of them were on there at the time. Um, that there was just it was just a focus on Fifty Cent, and maybe he maybe he misspoke saying marketing dollars, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I I definitely could feel that they were frustrated that they weren't getting that attention. I think that at the time when the Unbreakables came out, Fifty was Fifty was was Fifty like he was he was growing and rising, you know, yep. as a star at that time, and the Unbreakables just kind of fell in the middle of that, and they did not get that attention that they felt like they needed. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I can see that. This it's just interesting, like. I bet in hindsight they think differently of it. Yeah, I think so. But too. um, but yeah, <laughs> that's a funny line. Because I, I mean, that. being a violator got I I feel like got them on one of Susan Park. I mean, yeah. They, I mean, shit. Probably being a violator. I mean, I won't say it got them the Academy Award, but it definitely helped raise their profile. Yeah, for sure. MTV shit and all that stuff after the fact. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see it being a little bit frustrating for them though. 2005 is one of the more notable years for 50. Obviously, the massacre comes out, the beef with game happens, the special mm-hmm. edition comes out. Mm-hmm. The movie comes out for Get Rich or Die Trying. So 05 was pretty jam-packed for 50 Cent. I can see him being frustrated. Yeah, and, they, and again, they're still from the South. It's still not being, I mean, 05 yeah. is a good year, but it's still not being looked at as the home of hip-hop. You know yeah. what I mean? And I could get their frustration there. But again, they carved out their own lane, and that was most known unknown. Uh, great album. I, I can't complain. I, going back to it has definitely been. It's an easier listen to listen to than most of their their other stuff. Like a lot of their other stuff is just. It's it's. There's no rest. <laughs> you get yeah. no rest on their older albums. Here you kind of get a little bit of a rest. I mean, I feel like it's a it's a good listen now because the production value can fit now. Yes, it doesn't. It's not as jarring to your ears. Right. 
I feel like everything that's all the all the beats on here, I feel like could be beats on albums out now mm-hmm. and wouldn't feel out of place or old or dated. Yeah, I mean, Lorilla just sampled uh, "Slob on My Knob." It's mm-hmm. like the 14th song <laughs> ever to sample that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think didn't didn't G Easy kind of sample it too? Uh, oh yeah, with no, yeah. no, with no yeah. limit. Um, yep. Again, like this, it's it's their their influence. And again, if you're listening to this, you didn't know how influential they are. I, I guess you, I bet you, will get it now. You know what yeah. I mean? Their, their influence has has gone through decades. And Three Six Mafia, when it's said and done, they, they are Hall of Famers in their own right for everything that they've done. And this was an album once again of them respecting their own history and kind of bringing in new fans. And from there, you get the Hollywood show. Um, you get DJ Paula on on Wife Swap after this happens. Um, you, you get. You get Juicy J really kind of getting a third wind as a solo artist yeah, uh, in, in the 2010s, yeah. uh, signing with Wiz and becoming like co-president or something, a Taylor gang at, at one point. Uh, Juicy J still working. I mean, he's still doing a lot of stuff for people. Uh, yeah. As Josh said, uh, DJ Paul's still working. Um, like, hey, one of my favorite groups of all time. Can't can't call it. You know what I mean? Like they 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 have really paved the way, and you know there is no there isn't really a Memphis rap as we know it right now without a lot of the influences that they, that they brought to the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, definitely hall of famers. It's not even a question. First ballot. Um, they beat up niggas at a versus. Come on. Yeah. And, and, and then you got that, you know, their versus was iconic. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy, man. You, you look at where rap is now and you look at what their career was back then. And they are the closest group to what rap is currently. Yeah. Just, just the content of just, you know, Getting high, <laughs> fucking bitches, fuck these hoes. Like you look at what music is right now, it's very much that. And it was pearl clutching back then. Yeah, it's normal today. It's normal today. Yeah. So interesting, man. I think they don't get the respect that they deserve sometimes. Um, I hope people out there listening go back and listen to their whole discography, and mm-hmm. you'll see. And you'll, you know, like I think even just the sampling wave that they were on and the way they sampled, um, it's something that's just still relevant to this day amongst producers. They sample hip hop. They sample Easy e They sample Ice Cube. They sample, they were student. they're truly students of the game yep. in a lot of ways. And, and you know, if you don't, if you, if you just look at the, the, the surface of, oh, it's, it's fight music, it's violent, misogynistic, whatever, you're missing the point of like, that's the characters they're playing, but what they're doing musically is really where the conversation starts. And, yep. and that's why um, 3-6 Mafia we had to we had to tribute them on, on this October and then thank you guys for listening to our throwblacks, our retrospective of Three Six Mafia Most No Unknown. Now next month we've already talked about this speaker box low below. Yes, I expect a lot. We're, we're that one might go go long. Oh yeah, no, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a great one. I mean, double disc diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just met Andre Two Thousand last night. So <laughs> um, again, it, can't wait to talk about that. It's destined. It's yeah, destined yeah. for us to talk about this. So uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of opinions about this. I got a lot of opinions about Outkast. Got a lot of opinions about how like things shook out for them after yeah. this album. So uh, make sure you tune in to Throw Blacks in November. We'll be talking about Outkast, Speaker Box, Love Below. But thank you guys for listening to this episode. I had a, so much fun talking about Three Six Mafia. You have no clue. One of my favorite groups of all time. And we'll be right back with you guys on a new episode of The Black Print. Of course, follow us on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok. Follow yep. us on Instagram. Follow us everywhere. We're ev- we're posting content everywhere. It's, it's, we're you know you're probably seeing this on algorithm. I had somebody hit me up and say, "Why are you on my for you page?" Huh. Because we're everywhere. Love it. Because mm-hmm. we're everywhere. Make sure you follow us though. But uh, thank you guys for listening. For Josh, uh, for MC, I'm J Five. We'll see you guys soon uh, on Black Print. Peace. <laughs>